Hello and welcome to episode 25 of GameSpot After Dark. We are back this week with a packed episode. Uh, as you can see, if you're watching on video, we've got Danny O'Dwyer here. Hey, how you doing? Doing good. How are you? Thanks for good. stopping by. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. It's been a hot minute since I was here. It's been even it longer has. since I was on a podcast with this guy. Oh, yeah. It's been a while. And the set has changed quite a bit, huh? Yeah. <laughs> great. <laughs> Looking great, podcast audience. Yeah. <laughs> Who can't see this? And then Tamar Hussein is with us. Hello, I'm here. I'm back. I'm ready to podcast. Uh, and Lucy James. Hi. I was here last week. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, here last week. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was not here last week. But anyway, we're going to start with the Chris from Dayton, Ohio segment, which we haven't actually done in a while mm. uh, to introduce Danny. Then we're going to get into what, we're, what we've been playing. We're going to go right into topics. We're just going to cry about all the games that got delayed. Yeah, real good news week. Yeah. I know, right? And then we have some dancers that we're going to get into. Oh, right. okay. oh God, I hope they're actually not. I hope they're actually not. They're not. They're life <laughs> advice. Okay. We hacked into the yeah. They're, they're <laughs> mostly about like no clip and stuff okay. like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then finally, listener questions to round out the show. Uh, but yeah, let's start out with the Chris from Dayton, Ohio segment. Uh, do you know? Do you want? Do you want to hear the story behind this? I know it. I've listened to the podcast. Oh, okay, yeah, you do. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Well, then, without further ado, yeah. Danny O'Dwyer, who are you? Whoa, where's the jingle? Chris. Thank you very much to work. Uh, yeah, uh, my name is Danny. Uh, I used to work here at GameSpot. I worked actually. My I worked before here. I worked at GameSpot UK, mm. and before GameSpot UK. Uh, we met on games on GameSpot Game forums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, me and Tamora ran a uh, independent game site called Citizen Game. What a uh, name! So, what a name! Citizen what a name! Never, d- do you remember that? The Gerard Butler the movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> yeah. That that came out as Gamer in the end. Yeah. So like there was yeah. a minute where the movie Gamer was called Citizen Game. Yeah. Oh, and really? We were like, Pre-production. We were yeah. like, oh, this is a problem. And we're like, well, that's we're our like, SEO at yeah. the window. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe and it helped us. I was I was like, the lawyers are gonna come for us. Maybe we can get rich off this. <laughs> Well, like a Hungry yeah. Jack, yeah, we'll Burger King yeah. Yeah, like, situation. Yeah, we'll give it to you. We'll give a couple you hundred thousand billion. dollars. Totally, yeah. <laughs> How much do you like believe in this movie? <laughs> right. Yeah, the, the 500 people who listen to our podcast will really <laughs> appreciate it, us holding on to that one. Um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, we, we we met on your Orochimaru Sama or something. That was me. On oh the, my uh, yeah, God. on the forums. And uh, yeah, we, we he, What were you on the forums? Oh, I was just, Dan, maybe I was Daniel. I think it was Danny O'Dwyer. I think, I think it was just Daniel O'Dwyer. O'Dwyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full name. I was Daniel O'Dwyer on Steam Forever. I had to yeah. change it. Um, uh, yeah, and we, uh, we a bunch of us met who kind of were around. Most of us tend to be in the UK. There was a couple yeah. of other ones. And uh, when I moved to London um, to try and get into Games by UK, uh, it turned out he was like one tube stop up from me. I was in Stratford and he were up in... Lanestone. Lanestone, yeah. yeah. So uh, he used to do podcasts in my uh, spare room in Stratford. What a time Right beside was. the Olympic Stadium. Yeah. So it's the first time we've done a podcast since, I think. I don't think we ever... Did we have yeah. you on Games by UK when I was there or... I don't know. No, no, I don't Wouldn't think so. Because Guy was hosting that podcast. Yeah, but I Danny wasn't there. wasn't there at that time. <gasps> yeah. Danny was working somewhere else at that time. Yeah. And then you joined UK after I left. You left, yeah. yeah. So you moved. I was here then. Here, yeah. Mm-hmm. But like very briefly. Yeah. So as I joined, you left. Right, yeah. So we kept missing each other. Yeah, so we kept yeah. missing each other. And then we, we did, did here no, as well. We did, no, we did dancers. Oh, we did dancers. Okay, we did dancers. Yes, yeah. life advice. There was one E three when we were here together. It's a life advice podcast I did with yeah, Dan Riker yeah, yeah, yeah. on Giant Bomb. He has also now left Giant, but see, everything's Everyone's everything's leaving. messed up. It's all over the place. It's all broken. <laughs> the timeline. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for the past three and a half years, I've been working. Uh, uh, well, I guess now I'm back in the Bay Area, but I'm all over the place on a thing called No Clip. It's we make documentaries about video games, and that's pretty much all we do. And, you got a uh, new studio set up and looks great. Yeah, too. in Emeryville, right around, not too far from here. Basically, mm. the other side of the Bay Bridge. We're like right there. Um, well, you know, you live there. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He lives, well, nearby, not, not nearby my studio. studio. 
Right. I live in his studio. In his studio. <laughs> yeah. Just like, yeah. that, that's where you live. Yeah. That's, how, yeah, that's how we pay for the rent for the studio, <laughs> yeah. which is also Bay Area prices. Um, shout out to Mike Micah, my landlord of, 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 wow. of, of Other Ocean. Yeah, he is. Hey. Mike Micah? Yeah, he owns the wow. building. Jeez. Uh, no, Mike's cool. <laughs> Slow the rent a little bit, buddy. <laughs> right in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we just, uh, yeah, we myself and Jeremy Jane, of course, uh, who also used to also work used here to work, yeah. wow. at GameSpot. Yeah, he's uh, he's uh, the shooter for Giant Bomb or for uh, Noclip, uh, and he colors all our work. And now now he's editing stuff because mm. we are we have a studio and we're actually sort of diving in a bit more and doing a bit more, uh, trying to get a bit more work out there. So, mm. yeah. Cool. Let's be back, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, the most comprehensive Chris from Dayton, Ohio segment. It's because I'm Irish and I don't know how to shut up, so I need one of you. No, no, no. That's, <laughs> no, that's how it like should be. in a good way. You hit be. all the points. Yeah, right. yeah, it's all done. I can point. just leave now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah that, that, that's all you're here for, just for that, and <laughs> right. then we uh, get on with the show. <laughs> well, that's, well, to be honest, one of the things that happens after you, uh, well, I don't know if it's true for everyone, but certainly for me, after you leave the games press is that you suddenly stop, you, you start getting out of step with the frenetic pace of like game launches, yeah. and some sometimes you're just months behind, and then other times you're a little bit closer to it. So, uh yeah, in a way, I feel like it's going to be kind of interesting looking at all the news because I'm like, <laughs> I usually find this out from listening to the podcast. So, uh, well, so what was what was the last, I guess, big game that you played on release date? Then, oh, or, like, boy. did you still like play these games on release date for a little bit, but then just come back to them yeah. when I'm you've usually, got time? Yeah, I feel like I'm usually playing. I usually don't try and start them. There's two things that happens. One, I have a daughter who's a year and a half years old, so that sucks out loads of time, oxygen out of the room mm-hmm. right away. So you have to be. Then you're like really selective about what you're doing. And then on top of that, with all the documentaries we do, we tend to do them after the games came out. Yeah. So I'm kind of in this both me and my wife are we never go to the cinema anymore because you can't with the kids mm-hmm. or we, mm. you can leave her with parents or whatever but we don't tend to so all all the movies we watch are like nine months later on amazon right when they finally go up for rental and it's the same with games where i tend to you know i was playing a lot of uh, outer wilds um uh, at the end of the year because we did a doc yeah. on it that was maybe actually the last game i played the week it came out mm. uh, it was oh, really? right before e3 and i remember th- mm. i remember i had a golf in time because e3 was coming up and you know when you're planning for e3 and then yeah you kind of nothing else is going on and i had a couple of days and i was like oh i'll play it um but that was probably the last one what else big came out last year i'm trying to think like i just recently i tried like i played maybe four days of it realized i just wasn't in that space Mm. where i could you know really commit to it yeah relearn it i guess totally and i backed off and then disco was probably which was GameSpot's latest ten out of ten, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, that was one of the reasons I went and uh, it was Cali's in uh, review, was it? No, Who no, it was. Was, um, uh, was it Switch? Was, no, it was uh, Wild. Wild Goose. Yeah, I think yeah. it was Wild Goose. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, uh, another game I played over the Christmas break because you know everyone's been talking about it. So, yeah. yeah, did you like it? I really, really, I liked it more than I thought because I'm not yeah. really a big, I guess, CRPG No, fan me neither. Or, yeah, 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 same with me. Yeah, it's really smart. I, I played, like it small I played an hour of it and I uh, I went out and uh, I think Greg and Jen were in the, the uh, kitchen and they were like, oh, how's the game? And I was like, I think this is the best game I'm going <laughs> to yeah. play yeah. all year. And it was an hour in. I so we like, had like a, we had like, I was speaking to um, the PR behind it and they were mm. like, we've got this. You, you want an exclusive trailer for this little CRPG game? Yeah. It's called uh, Disco Elysium. I was like, Disco sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> I, saw, I saw like some screenshots for it now, like here and there. And I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll run it. And like that from then on, like I kept an eye on it. And then we got it a little bit. We got a preview of it. Right. So we mm. got a preview build and played it. I was like, this is, yeah, this is something. I yeah. think yeah. it was, I, I think it was for Community Fridays, which is when Ben and Jean-Luc play, uh, 
they, they just pick a game to play with the community every Friday and they got an email from the developers yeah. saying like, hey, you guys should play Disco Elysium for Community Fridays. And I remember, I think John Luke was like, yeah, it seems cool, but this is like not the kind of game <laughs> yeah. that's really going to work for this setting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is, is wild because that was, I don't know, it was probably a year before the game came out yeah. or something like it's that. Weird, like, and then it came out and like swept that's the, the thing where it was like, it was, it just like hummed along the entire time. Everyone's like, yeah, maybe this will be good. But like, and then so it came out and everyone went, oh my Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just blew up from that point on. It's, it's like an impossible game for uh, like a, a press conference or show floor yeah. or something. It just yeah. doesn't come across. Like you really yeah. need to be in the weeds with it for an hour or so. Uh, the video you guys did here was absolutely fantastic yeah. oh. as well. Yeah, If you want to see the magic behind it, yeah. audio logs. Yeah, yeah we really shot smashing. with Robert for hour and a half right. and it's it's frustrating when you have to cut it down to yeah, something. Totally, it's like yeah. 17 minutes but especially like in the video and he's like this goes one million words and i think a perfect game is two million or something like yeah. that and it was and like oh one my god through, you'll maybe yeah. get five hundred thousand. Yeah. there's something about like uh people get called a genius all the time right but like watching him like the way he describes things like where the text box is mm. and how it tumbles up and like the the thing that he's like very casually almost like humble way goes like i think this is pretty clever yeah like, <laughs> like we put this in the corner because it's where the system tray right. is i was like this guy's kind of a genius right. like he's an actual understated genius in the way that like a lot of people claim to be like he's not out there claiming to be a genius but i would think like mm. in terms of what he's written some of the design things that he discusses in audio logs, like, like, the, I would the, be like, like no one likes dragging yeah, rhombuses. No one, yeah, and no I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. true. No one does. Twitter sort of thing. And like things like his insight into people as well. Like people like to look at text, but don't absorb the text. Mm-hmm. That's the yeah. Twitter generation, right? Yeah. Or the idea that we don't read, but yeah. all we're doing is reading He's all reading. the time. Yeah, we're yeah. reading the basic stuff. And yeah. like the, the way that the text is, or the dialogue is designed to be aggressive towards you to kind of like, shock your right, attention yeah. force you to pay here. attention yeah. Yeah. that's why you're always being called like a pig and etc etc mm. like that's that's galaxy brain also yeah. <laughs> like a second language as well yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that is legit galaxy brain design yeah. and like i would i would like come be comfortably call him a genius oh, yeah. he's incredible my favorite thing he said was that they had no idea how to do the thought cabinet but he said like any game designer from the Molyneux School of Game Design, yeah, yeah. I was talking about the promise of it and had spent all this time at shows just talking about this yeah. feature that they had no idea how to implement. Right. And then they were like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, he landed the kickflip, unlike yeah. which Molyneux yeah. sort of yeah. sometimes did and sometimes didn't. Yeah. Um, we got to do a nice little motion graphic of an acorn for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was cool. I, I noticed that. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> uh, Danny, you got to check out Doom. I did. Doom La- Eternal. And yeah. you're a big Doom fan too. So this is perfect to have you here to yeah. talk about this. Well, I really liked Doom. I've, I like all the Dooms. I pretty much like any game it made, even the weird ones. Like, I really liked Rage 2 last year. I, I, I did too. I, yeah. They just know how to do shooting really well. And I like, so, you know, people play games for different th- different reasons. And like, I think that for me was a really good Ubisoft game where it was just like, oh, Ubisoft formula, right? Where it's just Here's like- the thing. Go here, do the thing. Totally. Big checklist. But in a lot of those games, I don't enjoy the third person action very much, but in Rage, I really did. So I kind of like all of them. And obviously, Doom 2016 took everyone by storm. I still remember being here in the office mm. and talking to Peter about it before. Because the scuttlebutt before that game came out was they had a they had a weird embargo. So everyone was like, well, oh. They had that thing where they were like, we're not going to talk to any press, wasn't it? Or something like it that. It was around the time that Pete Hines and them were kind of, yeah, yeah they were being like, like a, a, you'll, oh, you'll get it the day off. Yeah, you're not yeah, getting yeah. review yeah. code. And people like, did they do that for Dishonored 
Dishonored 2 is the same year, right? Yeah, Dishonored 2, they there did the same There was a period where every Bethesda-related, id Software-related game was yeah. like, no press are going to see mm. this. You'll get it the day of. Yeah, I think and, lot, and, the, yeah. and that resulted in people going like, ooh, for Doom, is that a bad idea? Yeah. Was that the same thing as press sneak? I'm not swearing on this No, podcast, that was, that was, that was, was that different. Yeah. That like, was Raphael Cronantonio, like, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but because of that whole thing, like, there was no marketing and there was no word of mouth going around about yeah or yeah there was or there was a lot Doom. of like like yeah his sort of um well no because was it. e3 that year that was the big dishonored stuff that they did it was like a half hour of just dishonored two. oh really i think so yeah because so. yeah. doom 2016 came out in march oh was it march oh so they would have yeah, missed it, it but i don't remember yeah. anything from 20 it might have been just over here well the 2015 for e3 was fallout it was big fallout and i think there was a little bit of doom yeah. and i think that was part of the reason right. why it's like all right bethesda's big game fallout 4 has already come out and like people saw doom and it looked it looked fun but it wasn't yeah. until you actually got to play it that everyone it hated like the glory kills everyone was suspect about none of the names they remembered like marty stratton had been there since mm -hmm. like, i think almost as long as tim willett yeah. at that yeah. stage uh, tim wasn't working on it he was working on whatever something else at the time quick champions i think it was mm -hmm. um uh, so there was like all these other, you know, super, um, I guess, a lot of doubt behind it or whatever. And then it obviously comes out. Everyone loves it. I remember talking to Peter about it. And he was like, I think it's really fucking good. Like, yeah. I think it's a, like, yeah. and then Brad was really uh, into it and stuff. Um, and yeah, for, for this one, I was, it was, it's that sophomore slump problem that, you know, difficult second album. Like, how do they ape it? What direction do they go in? Um, and from talking to them... I mean, Hugo talks a good talk. The guy used to be a comedian, so he knows how to like, he's done stand-up, he knows how That's to like. That's not surprising yeah, at all, yeah. but I did not know yeah. that. And he's a super nice guy, and I like him to bits, but you know, like anyone, he's going to like talk confidently about his game. But when I sat down and played it, the game just feels like so much more confident. Like mm. it's, it, like before, I think they also had to be really like delicate with this cherished franchise. Mm. If it's like a seemingly new generation of devs coming in and taking something like Doom mm. and then adding one up, Thing or you know one up heads yeah. and like mm -hmm. jumping and and climbing mechanics like they 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 played it a little bit close but they they were a little bit fast and loose with some of the um especially the self aware tone and all that sort of stuff. But what I like in this one is it's not just the tone. In a way, the tone sort of like comes along at the same way it was in the last game. But just they just leaned into this as a goddamn video game and yeah. uh, and it's it's a like by steering into it they've made it like such more um, interesting moment to moment game where you kind of have to like like you're saying with in disco where they're constantly calling you pig to like arrest you and keep you there yeah. this game like if you sleep for a second if you just go into like rocket league autopilot mode like you'll a goal will go in you know what yeah. I mean like you need to be on top of it you'll die and I really liked it yeah yeah uh, Michael Hyam saw it for us and he's written up a bunch of mm. he's written up a preview and there's videos as well and I remember I was queuing the preview and like if you remove, I was reading the preview and I thought to myself, if you remove anything that identifies this game as Doom, like just the word Doom from mm. it, and just read the description, it sounds like a platinum game. It's Devil May Cry. Which is, yeah, something. exactly. Yeah, and that's what I was like, damn, this sounds like a legit, like, Japanese platinum game, mm. like, character action game. And that made me way more excited. Yeah. I was really excited for it, but now I'm like, the synergy between abilities and the movement and kind of like keeping you on your toes and always focused and engaged. Sounds incredible. Like mm. I'm so excited to play that game now and yeah, I just want it. There's yeah. like way more demons. You start, you like, you're on like a, the fortress of doom, which is just this weird castle, like, like that's floating off in space and you transport to different parts of the, the earth. Like, I want to know where we, is there yeah. like a London yeah. level? I don't know. <laughs> like, it doesn't look like there are, you know, descriptions of modern cities yeah. or whatever. Um, I did a look on, look, there's a map where it has like where all, where all the portals or wherever all the bad shit's gone on. Mm. And uh, yeah, England was screwed, guys. Sorry, but well, Ireland was I all mean, right. I mean, it's well, probably in a better state. Than it is. 
in real life. <laughs> Hell exit. Or was yeah. It? yeah, something Hell like exit. that. I, I loved Doom 1, but the one thing I remember about Doom 1 is not or Doom 2016, yeah. I guess, mm-hmm. was not being able to just sit there and play all day because like you were saying, it just demanded my attention the entire time. Right. Uh, so I'm excited for Eternal, but I'm also nervous about how much I can play of that game mm-hmm. because I found that game, like I don't want to say exhausting because that sounds bad, but I could do a level and then I had to step away and yeah. like catch my breath mm-hmm. and like, I don't know, drink a beer and then come back and, and so play I, another level. I couldn't play Doom 2016 for a different reason. That is, it makes me incredibly motion sick. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And I played it, so I picked it up. I didn't pick it up when it came out, but I picked it up um, ahead of E3 this year because um, I was like, well, they're probably going to have the Doom interview. I should play 2016. And I picked it up cheap on PSN. Woof. Really? Right away? Yeah, you can't change, like, enough of the um, depth of uh, field of view and anything, and it's just... Have you had that with other games? I can't do VR. Okay. I can right. do I can do Vive because um I can't do PlayStation VR. Right. Tetris effect in PlayStation VR. You can't wrecked me. That's amazing. and for that you're basically I'm like sat still. Yeah. yeah, that's incredible. It's very I don't know if I'm just hypersensitive yeah. to that kind of thing. A lag. Um I, I got I get motion sickness and I have the same thing. And when I played it on PS4, I think it was, yeah. it made me so sick. PC. And then but I that's like, the thing, I want to try it on PC. I went to PC because you can mess with the FOV on that right, and yeah. like different things like that and like motion blur and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And I found the sweet spot and it was incredible. Like right. and PC Send me your settings page. But yeah it's weird because it used to be a much more of a problem when you know oculus was first starting and yeah. everyone was throwing a software onto that thing and you would go to all these press events and i remember one press event it was a first person uh adventure game and they okay. had this it had a button to crouch oh right. so immediately oh, yeah, that, your yeah. character goes down and goes you're up. stood there and i just <laughs> took the thing off and I'm, like, I'm gonna be sick and i left and i was fine but then um, the the actual developer had to demo the rest of it, and he said, "Well, actually, I can't play VR either, so it makes me incredibly sick." Oh my god! Dang! I had the <laughs> dark so like, days. There was, there was one demo that I did, and I think it was it was a horror game. The one in it was like set in a hospital. I can't remember which one. I know called. what you're talking about. I played yeah. that game, but and I like, don't remember. It, it used the teleporting yeah. Uh, yeah. movement yeah. system. Yeah. And like it started to make me feel sick, so I got around it by every time I moved, I closed my eyes, so I'd be like that, and I'd open it, like, and I'd, it would just be a normal thing. And then the next thing I did, like those it, Doctor Who statues, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and it was like a circuit of games, so you do like a oh, bunch God. of VR. Oh right. The next one I got on, the next one I got on, it's like Tough Mudder or was something. exactly. It was like. It was a mountain bike. Oh, great, yeah. Like, did you ever see the mountain yeah, bike remember one? Yeah, I The one with flu, where it flies. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, like, oh, you get yeah. on this mountain oh, yeah. bike, and you start pedaling, and if you've got a VR headset, you're on a horse. Yeah. And then, like, the, the developer did not tell me what happens. It's like a Pegasus. Or so, something. like, you're riding a horse, yeah. and, like, by pedaling, the horse is going quicker. And then once you hit a certain speed, you just start flying. Oh, yeah. God. And, like... It happened, I immediately <laughs> fell off the bike. Like, I immediately <laughs> fell off the bike. Smash and it. I, like, got up, and I'm like, are you okay? And I was like, you can't just you can't let do that, that happen. <laughs> like, there's people who genuinely feel sick. And he was like, oh, I didn't really think about it. I was like, what? That's amazing. Good luck with your That's VR amazing. game, mate. This is my, my one last motion sickness story. Do you remember, I think this was the Gamescom that I went to with you right. and Peter Brown, and it, uh, I went to play Mirror's Edge 2. Oh, and nice. someone... I think we got we have games where always parks up in this 
because we don't have a room. We just park <laughs> up in that little concourse next to the business oh, yeah. center. Our office is just like, yeah, the, yeah it's like the side of the steps. It's a corridor. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I went straight from that demo and I wasn't feeling good. Right. And then I was handed, uh, we got like lunch sandwiches in and I had this, I remember, an egg salad sandwich. <laughs> oh. And I took one bite. Oh, no. And then I threw up in the bin on the concourse next oh, to the no. steps and then immediately filmed those impressions. Oh, really? Yeah. Very professional. Like, that's dedication. Yeah, that's yeah. dedication. Yeah. Yeah. But funnily enough, did not play Mirror's Edge Callus. <laughs> well, Sorry. I hope it wasn't good. Sorry, Dax. Yeah. I hope for you too that Half Life Alex has a lot oh, of yeah. settings and you're able to get through that one. If it's Vive, I, it's I fine. Trust Vive Valve. is. Yeah, I trust Vive. Valve to to be like think about that stuff. I feel like they have to, right? Yeah, they've got to, like they can't like screw that up, especially with Index like being their big thing. They yeah. need to make it as like available to as many people as possible. Do you trust them to get it out in March? Because we're like the end of January hey, right they now. Said, they Still said it's polished. The, yeah. every, it's yeah. in polished now. They don't Indeed. anticipate a delay. All right. They did an AMA oh, on Reddit. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. Still doesn't have a date. Still March. Yeah, I don't think they can delay it. I feel no. like they would look pretty re- like you've waited this long you might as well just wait until it was ready yeah. before you're gonna announce so they, it if yeah. you're gonna delay it they did an ama this morning or yes. yesterday yeah. Yeah. and they were like it's it's pretty much done oh, really polishing it yeah doom is out the week of gdc so i just don't want any other game that week because we're gonna be really when's busy. animal crossing same, same day, day. Oh. <laughs> oh. it's doom that's they're it's balancing each other out game so much that it bleeds into life yeah, itself yeah. so then you just be like why isn't kk slider murdering everyone yeah right or like why is tom nook's head yeah. eyes bleeding <laughs> yeah. i like have that thing because i've played a lot of rainbow six siege whenever i see one of those cameras that are around i'm like Oh yeah, shoot that out. <laughs> he does that while he's walking down the corridor. Yeah, yeah. Just go like peeking around the corner, doing the stupid yeah. lean. Yeah, you, do. you see him walking around. Like this For me, that reminds you of Splinter Cell. That's like yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. they should I make one of those. Yeah, yeah. I've been asking tomorrow and I every oh three God, Ubisoft three. predictions. We're like, where you at? Splinter Cell. It's gonna be this year. I can't even fool myself anymore. Have you? Any final thoughts on Doom Eternal, at least from what you saw? The version they brought seems to be complete. Um, they, I mean, there was technical problems that it crashed a bunch of times, but like the actual game seems like it's kind of there. How's the soundtrack? Uh, yeah, like uh, uh, the one thing that came across, I was trying to listen for, is I remember Mick Gordon put a call out two years ago for metal singers mm. all Ooh. around the world, so mm-hmm. we could build a metal like uh, uh, choir. And I think that's what I heard. There mm-hmm. was so, there's way more vocalization mm-hmm. in the soundtrack this time around, but it sounded like yeah, like bitching. Like I was leaving that going like I, we're, I'm like editing a feature back in the studio at the moment and being like God, I wish I had some was of that it, music for it. Yeah, was it? This is a weird specific question, but like it was the metal vocal stuff just always on it, or was it one of those games things uh, mechanics where it's like the better you're doing, the more the vocal comes in. I think because the old the June 2016 they did have like the songs ended after those because the encounters in the game are so like uh, structured like right. it's like arena combat right and then you're in into a little bit in the middle and then yeah. an arena combat and blah. so it was that way but the, th- the the vocalization seemed to be in when you were sort of engaging with the more uh, hellish okay, natures yeah, of yeah, the because yeah, yeah. there's a lot of like cultist stuff going on in it so whenever you were and it's really funny because they just breeze through the story. Like yeah. you're you're talking to people who like seem to know who you are, and the personalization or characterization of the Doom Slayer is like way like more yeah. there. But they're, but they're still not really talking about. It. You still have to read. Like you, you, they never really stop to like tell you. Okay, this is what's happened. This is how long has uh, gone since Doom 2016. Because like Earth's fucked at this stage. So uh, you're kind of like you know what's going on or who are these people. Um, 
But same as the last game, you have to use the codex and mm -hmm. pick up all the extra details to figure it out, which is kind of cool. It's yeah. like a weird way of telling the story, but it works. Did, did you get, sorry, did you get the bit where you get a collectible and fist bump it? Yeah, I got a, nice. I got... <laughs> Yeah, because in the because in the in the original game it was the like little it was the little, it was little bobblehead Doom, bobblehead yeah. yeah, but they were all like versions of the Doom Slayer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now it's the demons. Oh, oh. yes, yeah. that's pretty cool. So I got a bobblehead of like a, a like a Cyber Mastermind or a or, or Arachnatron, right, one, right. one of the others, and I got another one of them. Another, yeah, and he he took it. I don't think he did the fist bump, but he picked it up, and they look so cute. <laughs> like they look <laughs> they like they must be selling. Yeah, totally. Yeah, here's an advert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, store it up at Bethesda.com. Did you go to the Doom Slayer's like living quarters or whatever. Oh my god! Because so yeah. I heard his about bedroom. this. I don't know. It's in it. Oh but. no! I didn't go to his bed. So the Apparently one these bedrooms there. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. The, so the ship that you're on, the Fortress of Doom, as it's known, uh, is like it's basically yeah his like uh, uh, hub or whatever, and it has all that. My favorite thing that's in there, and they make you go through it after the second level for like a little tutorial stuff. It's really heavy on tutorial stuff at start. Um, way more explicitly in the first game actually. Um, where they straight up transport you to like a hollow deck area and you do oh, something okay. and you go back again. Oh, okay. Um but uh he has they have a they have an area at the bottom. What's it called? John Luke probably shouted in. I think it's called the Demon Prison or something. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. And it's basically just like he has a bunch of demons stuck in a prison so he can just like test out his guns. <laughs> <laughs> so you just go down and he's just like boom, boom, boom. He's like, yeah, that's all right. And then you take the elevator back up. It's so stupid. I think I think it was called the Riptorium or something. Oh my yes, God. it was called the Riptorium. Yeah, Riptorium. <laughs> that's it's that's yeah, amazing. It's great. So yeah, that's they're, amazing. They're not taking themselves too seriously. I'm so excited for this game. Yeah. Oh, wait. Anything else you've been playing, watching, doing? No, really. A couple of games of stuff that we're doing videos on that I don't think I can. When's it? Is this going up this week? Friday. It Friday, yeah. Friday, I can't say that. But, but um, yeah, just, I don't know, follow me on Steam or PSN if you want to see if you want to see what video, <laughs> what documentaries are coming out because I never block anything. Um, but yeah, we're working on a bunch of stuff. We're going to be, we're going to be in Texas and France for one. Yeah. Uh, 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 yeah, I think I think I did And uh, we're going. Got we're go some questions for you after this. <laughs> and we're going to LA next week for a short one, um, which isn't too dissimilar from the last one we did, kind of. Okay. In terms of letters, let's say. Oh, that one that you teased there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, in the right room for that. Yeah, it should, that should be fun. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Tomorrow. What about you? We don't have to. Um, I've been playing Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Crapperot? Is it is it Crapperot? I'm hearing mixed things. Some people seem to like it. I'm like, huh? I'm like, what's it actually called? Kakarot. Kakarot. Okay. Oh, there you go. No, now I know. Oh, now, now. I feel like people are actually really liking it. So I apologize for saying Crapperot. Yeah, yeah, Really? All I've heard is the opposite. You've spoken to me about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. But even before you, the scuttlebutt I was hearing. I'm trying to be that person that not to yuck people's yums. Like, Excuse me? <laughs> what the hell is that? You never heard that phrase. No. I'm not going to Google it, that's for sure. On a work Wi Fi. safe search off and Google yucky ums. <laughs> um, like, I don't want to rain on anyone's parade. Like, because I see a lot of people really enjoying it and they're like. Well, it's got like a 75 on Metacritic, yeah, yeah, which doing, is I mean, surprised. Like, Metacritic's not the greatest indicator. It's of true. Define CBS properly. But like, CBS CBS still. A lot of the reviews that went up there initially were like from websites I'd never even heard of. So like a lot of people are enjoying it and I respect that people are enjoying it. Um, like I card, don't respect cards. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, actually, if I'm being honest, I don't respect it at all. Um, cards on the table. I'm like huge Dragon Ball fan. I think anyone can attest to that that knows me. Like I love Dragon Ball. Grew mm. up watching it. Um, 
and like I'm very very passionate close to my heart Vegeta San but like <laughs> I played it and it just did nothing for me mm. it's like the most it feels like I think Peter described it best as not to throw Peter on the bus but like he absolutely throwing Peter under the yeah, bus yeah. Yeah. at PC Brown at PC Brown he described it as merchandise <laughs> and that's what it feels oh, right, like, yeah, yeah. Wow. like the, a soulless thing like it's it's easy to look at it and be like, oh, this is cool. Because what it is, is it's, it's an RPG in the Dragon Ball universe where you play through the, you know, the, most of the Dragon Ball Z uh, anime. You go from the start of the Saiyan arc to the end of the Boo saga, which is a whole chunk of storylines. And you relive the cool battles and you do like RPG stuff, doing little missions. But like, I can just... It's I see through it. Like it's like you've taken the Tenkaichi games, you've taken the Budokai games, the Xenoverse mm. games, the same like extremely basic, like no depth to it, very little depth to it fighting system, and you've like strung to strung it together using very rudimentary surface level RPG systems. And I, I like I almost don't want to say this, but like People are settling for it. If it, like I, I feel like if I if I was to like just delude myself and say I'm really enjoying it, I would be settling for it. Mm. And I think in a world like post Dragon Ball Fighter Z, right, we we should expect better. Like it feels it feels like a soulless cash in. Like I was watching it because it recreates the anime, mm-hmm. uh, so I, you know what's gonna happen. I now? know what's gonna happen right. in it. Like, like and I would watch iconic moments happening and think to myself. I should just watch the anime because like I'm not enjoying the fighting and like there's parts of it that are like the they skimped out on certain things because video games are still expensive to make mm. and you know that just suck out the charisma and the like the cinematic quality of some moments there's mm. things like there's an early moment where like one of the key characters Gohan is a child and he's just he's presented through the start as like just sniveling crying like spoiled brat mm. but actually he's secretly like one of the most powerful beings on the planet. Right. But like he he only Spoiler. reveals that in the in the show when his dad's almost like being killed by someone and like he there's a moment where he erupts out of this like containment unit he's in a spaceship it's like a seminal moment you remember every frame of you i remember every single frame of Mm. like i can draw the pose i can tell you where each bit of rubble is i can tell you the way his tail like and the way like dramatic moment when he erupts out of there and everyone in the battle like uh field just looks at him and Mm. it's like this kid about to unleash in the in the game i was just like they didn't set that up at all because to like land that moment they show inside the containment pod, which is Raditz's like ship, and like he's getting frustrated and he's crying, and you can see he can hear like stuff happening around it, around him, and then it builds to this moment. In the game, it's just like a couple of frames. Right. Like yeah. the character looks at the thing, kid erupts, and it just moves on. Mm. And like there's a sacrifice at the end of that battle where Goku sacrifices himself to kind of kill the bad guy, and like even that isn't animated properly. And there's like other moments where like. Gohan being taught to fly for the first time by a character who is formerly like the biggest bad in the Dragon Ball universe mm. and like it's like oh he's he's taking this kid under his wing because Goku's now dead and he's going to teach him how to be a fighter and like it's alright we're going to teach Gohan how to fly a text box appears and it's like <laughs> Piccolo taught Gohan how to fly and it's like what right. come on you're, you're better than this and like everywhere around the world is like it's littered with these annoying emblems that are like very gamey, like anyway. immediately pull you out of the experience. Um, 
the side quests are like fishing, help, you know, beat up on this character that you're infinitely more powerful powerful mm. than. I played like four or five hours and like um, you fly around a lot, but it just doesn't feel good. It's like, it feels like controlling, I hate to bring it up, but like the gummy ship in Kingdom How Hearts. How dare you? It doesn't feel good where like you're, you're like, Dragon Ball characters, they fly around like nimble, moving yeah. around. But like in this, like you leap up into the air and then it's like the elevation thing where you're doing this right. constantly. Oh. Mm. And like, it's like, if you, and they, you, you're flying like that. And then what they'll do is they'll create massive circles of the power-ups. That if you fly through the middle, it doesn't pull all the power-ups in. Right. So oh. you kind of like have to- Oh no, you have to like- You have to like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you look like a complete- like Doofus has been like, Ugh. it's like, this is not cool at all. It's not like, I'm, I'm not getting anything out of it. And then you get into the fights and the fights are fine, but like, they don't, there's no depth to it. Like mm. there's, you, over time you like earn new moves and et cetera, et cetera. But like the fundamentals of it are not engaging. Like a good combat system is good from the very start. And then you layer intricacies on top of it, right. not to like backseat game design, but like that's how the best combat systems work, right? From the very first moment you play Bayonetta, mm. vanilla Bayonetta is amazing. It feels right. It feels, feels good. Feels good yeah. And then you get more abilities and it gets better and better and better. This game is like, this is the, it doesn't feel any different from the PS2, PS3 era. That's what this Dragon all sounds game. like. Mm -hmm. it's, it reminds yeah. me of like every licensed game ever. Yeah. yeah and it's like, like a, very short dev time, yeah. limited resources, get it out. Exactly. And the, we were talking about this earlier. Like the problem is we're still at a stage where um, anime games are by default, people will be setting, settling for it. There's no like, the bar hasn't been raised for anime games. But was or Dragon Ball Fighter Z, Z, right? Fighter yeah. Z is one game. Yeah, it's one true. game. Like we're at a stage now where open world games, good open world games are so like frequent that People won't accept a bad one now. When a bad open world game comes out, we can throw a dart at a list of open world games and land on like 10 different amazing right. ones. Like, Go play one of them. You can't have a bad game, bad open world game in a world where yeah. Red Dead exists, Metal Gear exists, you know, all these other many, many open world games, Assassin's Creed, whatever it may be. Even games that are like not technically open world, but are like pseudo open world, mm. do their open worlds well. Like that's the bar. The bar has been raised. Dragon Ball anime games, like... Fighter Z is just like one rung. Mm. Mm. So people fundamentally are still not at a stage where they expect better. Yeah, expectations. And it like, sounds like wrestling games too. It, exactly. Like, like just kind of stuck you, you with have this. To play it. Yeah, this like, yeah, like broken relationship. Yeah. And you're just like, you're either there's gonna, no, what else are you going to do? Yeah. You can't play anything else. So If you're yeah. a Dragon Ball fan, you either play the Kakarot or you play nothing. Mm. Like you can play Fighter Z and Fighter Z is an infinitely more better game. And it takes like, the problem I have with anime games is one, they always boil down to arena fighters. Two, mm. they always completely miss the point. Like the essence of what makes a good fight, uh, anime game is always missing. Fighter Z understands the essence of it, mm. like rivalries, incredible comeback moments. And it takes these core moments and like, like a special move, like the father-son Kamehameha, which is a moment in, 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 um, in Dragon Ball where Gohan, he's in the teens now. He does this fireball, but like he's doing it to take uh, kill one of the biggest bad guys in the show. Like, and Goku's dead at the time. But when he's doing it, he's like evoking his father so like deeply that they show him doing the fireball. And behind him, you can see like the image of his dad mm. also doing the fireball. Like they're connecting in that moment. And like something like that, when it's put into... 
Fighter Z, it's like the culmination of a battle between two people, like Sonic Fox and Goichi. Right. When yeah, that yeah. happens, like that moment is infinitely more powerful. It feels like when it happened in the movie because the tension around it, the fighting between the two people mm. is the drama. And then it becomes this, you know, ex this amazing moment. And that's what it understood. Like it took the essence of what made all these things cool, like collecting the Dragon Balls, they put it into that system. And this game is like a very soulless recreation. Like we've, all Dragon Ball fans have seen Dragon Ball now. There's only so many times you can retell this story. Yeah. We've all heard it. And genuinely, this feels like a moment where the developers, Bandai Namco, have gone, we can't make any more of this for format of Dragon Ball game. We need a new format of Dragon Ball game for the next five years. Right. So they've gone RPG. And the next five years are going to be iterating on this RPG. Mm. Once they've backed that into a corner and milked it dry, it'll be another format dance game and then they'll milk that and then do that and it just feels like i hate being so cynical about yeah. it but like i reached a stage where bad anime games infuriate me because i love anime and i see the, the storytelling potential in a lot of them just being squandered by arena fighters mm -hmm. like we've taken my hero academia came out and my hero academia like you've seen it mm. it has fighting in it that's not, not what makes it, it. Yeah, it's not. It's not about that. It's about, you know. The emotions. The emo like, you watch My Hero Academia, and it's just about so much more than just dudes punching each other. But these games, like, the My Hero Academia came out just reductive, reduced it to characters fighting. Mm. And it's just like, you've missed the point again. You're just cashing in on this, this, this license. And you're, like, you're abusing the goodwill of people that, you know, other, other you know, the anime and the... Uh, the manga creator has built up. Mm. You're just cashing in on it. And it just makes me sad and I just hate that it exists. And I'm glad that people like Kakarot. It's not for me. If you can find the fun in it, more power to you. I just expect better from it. Yeah, I mean, I think as someone who... You love anime, Jim. Doesn't you love care anime. much for anime. Yeah. anime. Doesn't play any anime games. I remember seeing Dragon Ball Z and thinking like, I want to play this game because this game looks slick. Did it's I a lot of fun. Mm. Like, it seems like a totally. lot of fun. It seems pretty tight, like uh, uh, polished. So I played it and I played, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't finish the story. It seemed pretty long, but I played a good amount of it and I had a lot of fun. And when I heard about- <laughs> That's the most un-anime fan thing ever. I know, right? <laughs> the story was too long for you, really? Yeah. I was like, ah. uh, but then when I heard about uh, Kakarot, I was like, I might be interested in trying it. And I think I saw like 30 seconds of gameplay and I was like, nah, yeah. no, I'm not doing it's this. Not <laughs> it's not the one at all. It's such a shame. It's such a shame. Like anime fans demand better. Mm. Like- Please stop buying this trash. <laughs> I do wonder if the market is big enough for it. Like, I don't know. Like, it seems like anime is more popular now than it ever was. And yeah. It seemed like it was really popular 10 years ago, but yeah, I, I should I say, wonder. I didn't review this game. Mm. Like, I'm not sure. The, the, the eventual score that goes up on our website it won't be reflective of GameSpot as a whole. I imagine it could be that our reviewers align with me or it could be like they like it more mm. than, than I do. Like, this is my specific opinion about fighters. My stance on it, yeah. Um, I don't want there to be a situation where being like, yeah, I don't, I don't want the situation to be like, well, you gave it a nine here, so what's going on? Well, this is my opinion. Like, that's that's who I am. Mm. I am just a higher class of anime fan. Thank you. Oh my god. There you go. <laughs> well, an anime of, fan with an opinion. Well, there you go. <laughs> we found it. <laughs> speaking of uh, anime, it looks like you also uh, have an anime down here that you've been watching that you want to talk about. Ah, uh, yeah, I've been watching Psychopaths three. Do you guys know about Psychopaths? I've, I've you, mentioned Psychopaths so many times. You recommended it to me so I many times. I always mention it's it. on my so list. Like, I think you'd like it as well. So mm. here's my pitch for Psychopaths. Okay. Psychopaths is, is, I don't want to compare it to Minor Apol, but it's got similar things. It effectively takes place in a future where an AI has been developed that can measure 
and factor in your mental state and your kind of lifestyle to calculate the likelihood of you committing a crime. Oh, it's, it's so a, it's like my calm yeah. app. Yeah, well, I was going <laughs> to go for report, minority right? report. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's like minority yeah. report, but at the same time, what happens is, um, so like effectively, you're a latent. There are people who are called latent criminals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and people who have done like uh, there's hues. Like you're you're kind of like you have a crime coefficient hue. Right. And like certain people have done things that has clouded that hue that might not necessarily be illegal. Okay. Like you could work in um, law enforcement okay. and have seen so many things that you're now technically unstable. So right. even though yeah. you're a good person, right. your crime coefficient is at the point where you're dangerous. Mm. So you effectively become an enforcer. So you get treated as like, you're now disposable. Right. So you are paired up with like a cop who's got a clear hue but you do the oh, dirty funny. work. funny. Okay. Ooh. It's good so, cop, yeah. bad okay. cop. Yeah. So effectively that's <laughs> it. Like you get treated as like a, a, a dog of the military, mm. right. of, the, of the police force. And like Psychopath is about, the first season is about someone mm. who figures out how to subvert the entire system. Mm. And like, so basically abuse the system to turn people who are perfectly fine uh, into like, you know, um, you know, effectively people who are, deemed uh the red as red those, like yeah. and like you you the law enforcement will effectively kill those people right so does um, everyone like in this world know that that's a thing that that's, exists that's or just, is it like kind of clandestine that's like that's just the way it is it's okay. called the civil system but like the first season explores the limits of it and effectively it's all about how someone comes along and he's a bit of a like a a moriarty type and his whole goal is i'm going to show you how this is all wrong right and how it all like for his own gain but it's all about that and then it's an incredible credible like story mm. and also world i adore it and how many episodes in a season so it's about 20 episodes 20 oh, okay each, when, but like, when does the reasonable. arena fighter come out for that game? oh god if they did that I, there's one game there's there's a there's a game called psychopath mandatory happiness which is um, perhaps a little closer to what you'd want. Like they understand that narrative is an important part of this. So is it old then? Uh, Psychopaths is quite a few years old. Yeah. Um, the game itself is, is a few years old as well. Mm. It was on PSN Plus for free for a while, but that's a visual novel basically. Okay. Okay. Um, the story's not as strong, but it's, it's at least understanding what's important about Psychopaths. It tries. So like, mm. yeah, the first season was amazing. The second season was like, it was lower key. It gets into quite like moral and like philosophical deconstructions. Um, the first season was a little more like um, action focused. The third season is, it's wild. I'm like, I watched two episodes and it's very, it feels very, very complicated. It's reached a point where now um, there's there's one character who's effectively uh, un- figured out how to connect with another person like emotionally, mm. but I'm still trying to figure that out myself. (laughs) Same. But like he's able to do it so deeply that um, it becomes like almost a mental thing as well. And they can almost feel and experience remnants of what they experienced. Um, So like in a scene, it could be like, oh, someone was here. And they're able to like almost tune themselves to this person and figure out what they were, get like hints at what they were doing in the last moment. And um, it's all about like understanding 
a mystery, like a, a drone goes down and someone is killed and this person seems to be just a run-of-the-mill accountant. So it's almost like they're figuring out why this happened. So it's and a murder be- mystery kind of yeah. thing to it too. Yeah, and behind the scenes, there's a clandestine group almost... Of course. Almost playing Always with is. like... Ooh. Yeah, using, using the various like AI systems that are like governing who's good and who's bad yeah. to, cr- to play this almost like gambling game of chess. Right. So, and like the, a character from previous seasons is kind of like constantly appearing, but it's unclear what... Her, her ending point in another season left her in a very gray area mm. gotcha. because obviously she started off as like a a cool like kind of like I'm new cop everything's good but through what she experienced ended up in a situation where she's bad not, cop not bad but like is a little more of a danger <laughs> to herself and other people so she's it seems like she's pulling some strings to try and unravel what she's seen in the entire cool. time but it's incredible like universe world building um just really fascinating, like really well written. It's like, if it, it almost feels like, I hate to bring it back to Disco Elysium, but like, you know how dense Disco Elysium is? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, I can pick at so many parts of this and it's really yeah. satisfying. That's what it's like, where you're like, oh, I want to understand what crime coefficients are. How does the virtual world impact? How does VR impact you as a person? Like mm-hmm. if you experience something in VR. You know how it yeah, you. It makes you, very, yeah, it makes you like <laughs> emotion sick, but like, what happens to someone who's like a victim of a crime? Mm. Like there's a scene in that, in that, um, uh, I think in the first season where someone's sexually assaulted, mm. but because of the trauma that they experience, their hue is now clouded, which means like they are a candidate for enforcement. Right. Like they're technically a criminal. Like what's the limits of the system there? Mm. How do you work around that? What are you obligated to now arrest that person? Mm. They've done nothing wrong. Like, and how is it, what happens when someone appears that, crime is normal to them they're like a serial killer for example a serial killer doesn't think right. they're doing yeah, anything yeah, bad yeah, totally yeah. like can they do their people exist where they can commit a crime but because it has so little impact yeah, on them disassociated yeah, so, yeah they're just they just aren't changing their hue mm. or like their crime coefficient effectively they're going invisible mm. what happens there it's like really fascinating and yeah, like it sounds much deeper and way more thorough than minority report <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly and it's like it's really, really i highly recommend it the third season um, it's the problem with it is it's never been super popular, and I think right. it's partly because it is quite dense and it mm. is quite. It's not. It, it look. It's what you cool. watch it on? I watch it. The third season's on uh, Amazon Prime Video. Cool. The first season I think is available on like Crunchyroll and Netflix. Mm. It's one of those things where it looks very cool and almost like oh I'm gonna watch an anime and it's gonna be like cool stuff happening. And then you're like, mm. and then you're like whoa, this is real heavy, man. Um, so that's why I feel like it hasn't always taken off, and mm. the writer behind it is like a well-known like manga artist uh, mangaka who's like known for delving into like the darker sides of storytelling and society and that kind of stuff it's it's fantastic cool. i highly recommend it to everyone psychopaths, psychopaths. more on that on your uh, anime podcast to anime yeah to anime coming soon it's <laughs> <laughs> oh actually we came up manga we came up with the video series for anime that we pitched it was oh, finding weibo yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes, i still think we should do I that was wearing, that's i was really wearing good. a finding nemo glasses <laughs> <That's really good. laughs> uh lucy you've been watching some shows too yeah i haven't really been playing much um i dipped into the overwatch lunar event hmm Good it's new good skins. Time. It's a mo- it's a capture the flag mode that we pick will never play. Pick and bands allegedly coming soon. Need some more heroes, but pick and bands allegedly coming soon. <laughs> um, I actually spent most of my long weekend just watching a bunch of stuff on Netflix. So, uh, my roommates. So, uh, Jen is a fellow crime. Merino. Merino aficionado. <laughs> um, we call ourselves. <laughs> 
and that new Aaron Hernandez documentary was on Netflix. Oh, and right. So yeah, my brother watched that. He said it was really good. It's really good. Um, and I suggested it because I was like, well, it's got football in it. So that's something yeah. for Greg. <laughs> Greg. Greg played Peace Walker the entire time. He has like Top this little sec- separate oh screen and he, he was just playing Peace Walker. Um, so Jen and I got through, well, the three of us got through the whole thing in one sitting. It's like three episodes? Three hour long episodes. Okay, all right. But I didn't know anything about it. It's very well made. It's a... Some bits of it are massively overproduced. Oh, really? The title sequence has no business being that, like... Elaborate. Elaborate. Is this a Netflix funded thing? Yeah. yeah, Okay. That's like my biggest problem with like these Netflix funded documentaries. It's just like... You don't need to spend this much money on a title sequence. And they for also like... don't let you skip it, which is how much, oh, mo- it's an indicator oh, really? how much money they've spent yeah. on that title sequence. Anyway, it's very, very good. Um, so we did that. I blasted through all of Sex Education season two in under 24 hours. I don't think is, I've watched that. It's really good. Yeah. It's this weird mashup of aesthetics where they're in the modern day because they have mobile phones and stuff, but they're all dressed in this weird mix of clothing from like the 70s to the 90s okay and they're in a place that's they're all british but they're in what's based on an american high school oh i have i know what you okay and uh, then gillian anderson is fantastic phenomenal phenomenal this sex therapist whose son is also going to this high school and then she eventually gets way more involved in the school itself in the second season it's so is it so a british good. produced show i think so okay. and actually in season she's done a lot of stuff in england right? oh yeah, yeah yeah i think mm. they do film it in the uk but mm. some of it doesn't look like the uk some of it looks like switzerland or something okay it's really oh, like weird that. mashup yeah. they use all these old vintage cars too but then they have these rovers from the 90s it's really (laughs) really interesting actually the inside of everyone's house looks like this gaudy 60s wallpaper with all these mishmash of patterns it's really cool i kind of i kind of like it when shows and movies don't really announce what year it is like there's a bunch of different like i think it follows is one that i can yeah yeah, 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 (laughs) the eggshell yeah do you remember that the 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 phone right yeah Yeah. do you remember that she's a phone that's just like a clam they never talk about it yeah yeah um but yeah, have a clam phone? I've got a clam phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good um blasted through it in like a day uh but the other thing i've been watching is the outsider is it good? i've watched it too oh i'm all caught up yeah it's oh, is it, which one's this is it good <sighs> it's, so it's the St- it's a stephen king book that I, I haven't right when i was a teenager i would read nothing but stephen king and then cell came out and i read cell and i went mm. i'm done okay. right so I haven't read any Stephen King since then. I think The Outsider was a couple of years ago, if I remember. I don't know. I'm not sure. I know uh, my roommate, she said she tried to read it and she was like, I couldn't do it. It was pretty boring. And, but I was like, you should try the show because I think the show so far is tense. So if you canceled your HBO subscription after Game well, of Thrones After Watchmen, I did. After do I finished Watchmen. Because it was really good. Get it back? Get it back. Okay. So or, 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 like, or like wait until the whole thing's out and just binge in. Like, I get a one review on and it was like, this is boring. I was no. Like, oh, right. So it is uh, Ben Mendelsohn and Jason Bateman. And oh, okay. Jason Bateman. He directs think, almost all the episodes. Yeah, I think. which I didn't realize until I kind of hit the end credits yesterday. But so my favorite Jason Bateman, I think I said this last week, is creepy Jason Bateman. Okay. He's fantastic, obviously, as Michael in Arrested Development, but when he's in The Gift or uh, Ozark and he has more yeah. of an edge to him, it's really weird and he does it really so well. So in this, obviously no spoilers, I'll just talk about the general premise, mm. but it's um, 
it's in Georgia. Ben Mendelsohn is a police detective and he gets called out um, because they find a dead child, mm. like this 11-year-old boy. It's pretty gruesome too. Like- yeah, so <laughs> I tried to start watching it last week and I was a little bit drunk when I came in and I'd ordered some chicken. <laughs> I was just sign betting it. And then they just show you this really dismembered body of a small child. I was oh like, my God. Like chicken. I'm going to go back to Shit's Creek. You're saying like, we're talking like young teenager? 11. Okay, right, yeah. Because yeah. the child thing is a problem now. My brain, 11-year-old uh, boy. With like a, and it's a boy and as well, boy, so, so I should be okay. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't care about just young boys <laughs> dying. <laughs> and so then you have uh, Ben Mendelsohn, troubled police detective in a small town. And very, very quickly, they sort of narrow in on a suspect and it's Jason Bateman. And they can, and he's, you know, the... The football coach, everyone right. loves him. Soft, he's or the, baseball. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Think about the Aaron Hernandez thing. Um, <laughs> and he's this family man, and he gets arrested. And Pillar then of the community. All just, you think it's just a regular police detective procedural, and that you can see where it's going. Halfway through the first episode, oh my god! They also play with music really well. Right. There's a lot of um, just ticking, and it just builds this tension so so well. And last night, so I watched two of the, the first two episodes last night and I started to watch the third one and I got so stressed that I had to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also, there's, I'm not going to talk about what it is, but there's another component to the show that's so creepy and used so sparingly that I, I'm looking out for it all the time oh, cool. and I don't even know what it is or okay. what impact it really has on the plot or anything. It's phenomenal. And yet, like Jake said, Jason Bateman directs a bunch of the episodes. Because right. he he won, was it the, what did he win for? He beat Game of Thrones at the Emmys for directing an episode of Ozark. Ozark. Oh, really? And he yeah. beat, you know, like oh, yeah. the, the Incredible Battle of Winterfell. Well, the Incredible Battle of Winterfell. The episode before that was better. The Dark Battle of Winterfell. Couldn't see it. But no, he, he beat out Game of Thrones and everyone thought they were a shoo-in for... Yeah. Uh, so Pochnik was a shoo-in. on everyone out there. Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman. <laughs> Sam, it's me, Bateman. Jason Bateman. <laughs> Pick and up the red phone, Bateman. Blast to do that. Um, and it's kind of... I'm annoyed because it's weekly. I know. Right. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. So good. What is this? Oh, I'll wait for my shows. Yeah. yeah. Like, what is this? The 90s? Yeah. All right. It's great. I recommend you, it. You're talking about sex education. It's reminding me I'm watching X-Files. That show is because incredible. Because there's an X in the name? No, because <laughs> Gillian Anderson. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought the X too. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> okay, whatever gets you there, I guess. Yeah. That, show is, that show is on Amazon Prime Video and it looks incredible. Mm. Like, it's, I think they must the have filmed ones. it like on like super... Big question for everyone here. Everyone here watch X-Files? Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you prefer... You never watched it? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I've never watched it in order, so I'm just like making my way for the first... Making my way down. Okay. <laughs> so I liked... <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Um, do you prefer the like smoking man main thread ones or do you prefer the like monster of the week episodes i like a monster of the week me too monster of the week monster of the week does voice of god monster of the week does victor tombs count as monster of the week or he comes yeah i guess he's like a repeating character he's monster of the week that graduates yeah he's not the smoking man like what's going on no 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 i like i like the monster of the week ones, but they're more likely to have a weaker episode as well that's That's true like the one that i just did was the the like um the couple who was like a a bank robbing couple okay and like one of them gets shot and like transfers into the body of a cop that also got shot at the same time okay and i was like 
not feeling this one, lads. No, no, that's like TNG. Yeah. You just go boink. I'm I, I watching, watching them through because, like, one of the guys who works for us, he's our head of SEO, Chris Pereira, mm. like a massive, massive X Files fan. So, like, I submit like Twitter length reviews to him every time nice. I watch an episode, every episode, and like just to keep him updated. Yeah. Um, so Sweet I'm like job. making my way for it. I'm excited to get to the bit where suddenly the T1000 replaces Mulder, <laughs> which is going to be interesting. What? Do you remember that bit? Robert Patrick takes over Mulder. Oh, really? oh he does. Remember? You're right. Oh, yeah, my yeah. God. And then didn't he get I a spin-off? Never, I never put it together. Like when you said T1000. Yeah, yeah me I was too. Like, I didn't either. <laughs> I, had a, I had a buddy or a, a buddy back home in my hometown, Waterford, and his next door neighbor looked identical <laughs> to Robert Patrick. It was <laughs> like you know a, Robert Patrick's brother used to play in Nine Inch Nails? Really? Mm. Gosh. And then left just before they released the downward spiral. Oh my god! Oh, no. oh. Never take off. But uh, no, I think it was creative differences. Right. Yeah. There were a lot of he was shit. A lot of drugs at that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm like working my way through that series, which is still very good. I'm, I'm mainly boy. I'd say like. Gillian Anderson phenomenal and Gillian right. looks phenomenal good lord. Gillian yeah. Anderson looks Gillian, incredible. David Duchovny and Duchovny as well. Mm. Like Gillian Anderson's hair. And David Cousins. Did they just so on point? Did they both end up in shows where sex is the sex main is the theme? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because oh, he was in Californication. Yeah, yeah. Californication. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Her Instagram, by the way, is incredible. Oh, really? Yeah. Just fashionable. She's, she's like a real fashionista. Oh, she right? she has her own fashion line, but oh, it's yeah, not just that. It's whenever she's doing stuff around sex education, she um, <laughs> posts pictures of things that slightly look phallic okay or, yeah, yeah. and it's, a, it's like Very penis intimate. of the day and yoni of the day <laughs> i think to avoid instagram's <laughs> nice. uh, filters yoni yeah she's very into innuendo in, yeah. in that she's thing. very funny but yeah i mean i guess to i to continue off these shows i've i've, I've like binged through all of succession yes oh, it's I've never watched really that. good i'm like halfway through season one season you, two just gets better like i I can't say enough good things about that show. The acting is incredible. Like the uh, it was Brian who plays Logan Roy. I don't oh. remember Brian Cox. Brian Cox yeah. is absolutely incredible. He plays that Professor character Brian so Cox? well. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> sorry. The guy from X Men. Okay, yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he is an X Men too. <laughs> <laughs> Just striker, imagine the right? show and it's all yeah, about like striker. That's right. So I was like, no, what else have I seen him for? The, striker. I'm not being funny. I think there is a genuine X Men Two reference in one of the episodes of Succession oh. because uh, what is it he says to Jason, his his Get son of X Men Two? No, 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 he says something. And then there's a bit in succession, I can't remember what the line is, but he says it in the exact same way, like whispering in someone's ear. Right. And I was sat there going, <laughs> <laughs> I, I want I to believe. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the video someone did on Good. Twitter Fold last year of, um, thank you, uh, of someone playing every part and it's uh, Logan won't share his M&Ms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I need to see this. That video is, is amazing. Incredible. Because he does all the dressing up and he dresses up like Shiv and Tom and... <laughs> Oh my god! Do, do you know you what that show's about? No. I uh, it's something about it's like a so it's, super rich family business. Yeah. Who's going to take? Yeah, over. so so it's like it's uh, future publishing. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a reference. Not many people are going to get. It's uh, it's like a giant media corporation that's okay. owned by oh. a family. Okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah. 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 So, so. Oh, you were far off. And then uh, the 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 dad. This is pretty early on. The dad has like a, oh, I forget, a stroke or something like yeah. that. Oh, it's the first episode, yeah. Yeah, episode. yeah so, so then they try to figure out who's going to basically take, take over, over for him. It's one of the Culkins in it. Kieran. Yes. Kieran. He yeah. is fantastic. Very good. Yeah. But yeah, that show is very good. Bang um, theme song too. Yeah, yeah the What's theme on? song is good. I will say the HBO. first two episodes. There you go. I had trouble getting into. But the first two episodes. You guys have an ad for HBO in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I wish. Dark Souls <laughs> and, and HBO. Oh, the two, yeah. the two big things. And, yeah. and, 
There is a new uh, Armando Iannucci thing that started at the weekend. <laughs> oh, what is it? Uh, I don't know. It's like uh, you know the oh, it's a space thing. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, you know the episode of Futurama where they go on the <laughs> the cruise. Yeah, looks like that. Oh, I know. <laughs> the space cruise, the Titanic. Because there's something about the ship not being able to turn, and it can only go in a straight line. Is that Hugh Laurie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's uh, Josh Gad and. Okay. Uh, the lady who's actually in the thick of it, um, who plays oh, the, the main woman from season two. Right. Uh, I'm very excited to watch that this weekend too. HBO's great. Americans know him from Veep, I guess. Did he do that as well? Yes, yes. he did Veep. Some of the other ones didn't make it. What was the movie he did again? Oh, in, in the loop. In the loop, yeah. It yeah. was like a thick of it sort of. Which was the thick American. of it with all the same characters, but yeah. they couldn't have the same names. Yeah, it was really <laughs> strange. Yeah. And he's just done the uh, that new one with... Tilda Swinton and the voice of Paddington, Ben Whishaw, and it's, <laughs> oh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like someone, and Dev Patel is in it. Ooh. And I saw the trailer and I have no idea what it's called and I regret bringing it up. There you go. Move on. <laughs> uh, anyway, I mean, other than that, I'm still playing Modern Warfare. It's the most of a Call right. of Duty game yeah. I've ever played, which I'm surprised by. Mm-hmm. I mean, actually maybe like Modern Warfare 2 I played more mm-hmm. of, but uh, still enjoying that. I don't know if I have much else to say on top of what I've already been saying about that game. Uh, and then there's another game I'm playing that I can't talk about, but I'm very excited to talk about next week because it's very good. Uh, I think you say what country it's made in? Or state? <laughs> what state oh, yeah. is it made in? How close can we get to the line before we step over? Not saying know? anything. <laughs> Other than that, it's very good, and I think people will be excited because it's like a you nice... You can say what the game is. People. I can say what the game... Oh, I just can't you say... You can't say what you think about it. Well, you I've already said, said I've really good. liked it, so... Uh, you can't <laughs> now I can't say. Now I can't say. Tell us about a different game. Yeah, yeah. This. But I will say, I think people will be excited to play this game because it, it comes out in, in a dry season, especially, and, okay. and with all those game delays. Okay. I think it's a it, it's a good game that will dry, hopefully... Is that a hint? Dry season? Dry uh, spell, I guess. Desert. A new mod I've walked past you when you played it. I know exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, You'll never God. know. Bring back Until next Come week. Come on, EA. Uh, I played like two weeks ago. It's still hard. Okay. It's still rock Real hard. Rock. Desert, Desert Strike. Oh. I thought it was just because I was shit at games because no, I was no, a kid. No, no. no, it no. game's hard. Yeah. I've gone back to games like that and I'm like, oh, yeah. that was just Easy. bad. And then I play it and I'm like, no, this, no. this was hard. Yeah. I'm like that with the original Fallout. I'm like, yeah, I'm bad at this. Oh, yeah, I rock hard. I'm bad at this. Yeah. Yikes. Anyway, moving on to the news, we're going to talk about Cyberpunk 2077 getting delayed and Dying Light 2 getting delayed. Dying Light 2, that kind of like slipped under the radar. They announced it, I think, Monday, right? Mm -hmm. When a lot of people, at least in the United States, were off on holiday and it was right after Final Fantasy. (laughs) Tomorrow, please. Is that a Techland mug? Yes. Come on. (laughs) It's Um, the only mug that isn't claimed, all right? Actually. Uh, Poor Techland. Tam got me this mug. What is it? Good mug. Charlie Brown? It's Charlie. Well, yeah. Oh, I should get one for myself as well. It's fantastic. Oh, that's, that's right. That's really cool. Because yeah. I had another one and it got stolen. Someone stole it? Well, it was on my desk. I have no idea <laughs> where else it would have been. I have quarters on my desk that people have been <laughs> taking. <laughs> Kurt said that too. We should talk about this after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's definitely a quarter thief <laughs> in the office. Uh, but yeah, anyway, Dying Light, kind of, I feel like a lot of people didn't notice that. They picked a good time to delay it because everyone's talking about Final Fantasy and Cyberpunk. Yeah, what was and the original release like, for it? Uh, spring 2020. Yeah, spring, yeah, yeah I think it was now This will benefit them more than anything else. It doesn't have a date right yeah it's, it's an indefinite like, delay yeah. they said in the next couple months there they will mm. they should have more to say right um, i have the quote game, here right? i'm not going to read it because yeah. that's pretty much what it was that first game was a banger yeah yeah, yeah the first game and they great. supported it yeah. so yeah. long 
So and like I think they've earned a lot of goodwill from their audience, and I think they see the potential in what it could be. Mm. Um, they, so they got like, Chris Avalon writing it, right? Yeah. And they have yeah. like branching Chris stories. Like yeah. One million games. Right I know. Now, yeah. Totally, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. It looks like they're actually trying to do something substantive. I mean, even the last Dying Light like had lots of interesting, like what would you call it, like uh, environmental mm. stuff that bled into gameplay, mm -hmm. like with the day night cycle and mm -hmm. just like yeah. the the way you could tackle all the objectives, whatever we wanted, and yeah. like it was and the co op nature of that game as well. That like cool. it, there was a lot going on. Oh, um, like like systems, they're very systems heavy games. Yeah, and it's cool that they're like the narrative, like systemic narrative stuff they're doing mm. is like I'm sure. That is, anytime anyone's making anything that's kind of any way new or new in a genre, um, you're bound to run up against a lot of like uh, uh, unforeseen problems. It's um, called, I call it the Ken Levine problem. Yeah, the narrative, narrative Legos. Yeah. We're still waiting. Yeah. Um, he's like, I've, it's Meccano now. Yeah, no, it's Duplo now. He's at the, he's at the yeah. reduce it down a bit. Um, Stickle bricks. Yeah. You know. um, also, narrative Lego. Ken, please. <laughs> it's, I, I love that, Tim. If you go to his Twitter profile, doesn't it link to a, I an think article? He still said, yeah. It links to a GameSpot article where he uses the phrase narrative Lego for the first time. That's I, in his bio. Oh. I was at, really, yeah. yeah. I was on NPR um, when I'm like five years ago when he was just talking yeah. about it. it the, the GDC talk I think we have on YouTube, it banged the yeah, 100,000 views. I think it links really? to that. Yeah, I think yeah. it links to that. Yeah, right. it's a great, an interview like, with them too. great wow. little interview yeah. and, and like talk about it. Yeah, yeah fingers crossed. It, you know, Avalon on it as well. It's, uh, yeah. yeah, it looks yeah. Really good. Um, Dead Island too. I know it's not Techland anymore. They did that on too. Someone did. No, no, no. no it, it, it got given to Jaeger, Sumo right? was the last Jaeger first. And then it was Sumo. It never came out. No, no. I remember. I think my first year here, I, I like had to edit. Like people went to to uh, Gamescom and they sent back some footage, and I had to edit a video of of uh, Dead Island Two, and it seemed like they were playing it, and like they had like I think it, I it played was, it. Yeah, yeah like uh, yeah. people yeah. played it, and like was that, it that the trailer with the guy running? Yeah, yeah. 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 So God, that was that was ages weird. ago. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. like twenty. What if it's in an IP problem or if it bans that a many studios? Problem. Yeah, so it was, I don't think they were happy with whatever Jaeger did. It was right. Jaeger, then it went to um, Sumo. Sumo. But I Am I imagining that Dan Busters has it? I now? thought Dan Buster had it for a while as well. Are they, were they based in the UK? Because mm. Sumo is what, Liverpool? Homefront team. Oh, right. the new okay. Homefront team. Is that X Crytek? Um, X Crytek, yeah. yeah. So yeah, Dan Which Buster. was X Free Radical? Because they got yeah, bought by yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So I think Yikes. Dan Buster currently has it. Uh, November 2019 was the last time it showed up. Um, I mean, they still like occasionally tweet about yeah, it. Yeah, Dan Buster Studios has it currently. Cool. But it's just MIA. That's why they're holding off on the release date for Dying Light 2, because just in case they come yeah, in, they're like, oh, <laughs> don't release space. anywhere near there. No, absolutely not. <laughs> it's weird, though, because I, really, I remember liking Dying Light 1, despite, like, or sorry, Dead Island 1, despite all mm. the bugs. And I yeah. was excited was a for fun, fun. fun jank. Yeah, I was excited mm -hmm. for Dead Island Two, and then I played Dying Light, and I was like, "Oh, well, this is pretty much their sort of spiritual yeah. successor, yeah. Techland spiritual successor." But it was still kind of buggy, but it was just more fun and like yeah. more fluid and more frenetic. And now I have like I, I don't really need another Dead Island Two. Like I'll still probably yeah. play it. Like. I, I'm excited more. for Dying Light too, though. Mm. Like that looks fun. Did I just? Say, I'm getting confused. Yeah. <laughs> no, you got it right. I did get it right. Okay, you got it right. Yeah. 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 Excited for Dying Light too. I don't think I need a, a Dead yeah. Island two mm. at this point. That's the one. Yeah. There we go. How sad are you about Cyberpunk? Because you tweeted about three days before they announced. I really hope it doesn't get delayed. Yeah, and, and I was like, 
April 16th. You could feel it though, right? Couldn't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I felt like that on for April. Yeah. There's that clip that we put up. April of, like, 16th <laughs> is my birthday. So I was like, this is going to be the best birthday ever. Cyberpunk is coming on my birthday. I was so jazzed when they announced that release date. And then it just got closer and closer. I'm like, we haven't really heard anything. Mm. I don't think this, this, this is going to get delayed. And uh, sure enough. There it is. Yeah. It's gone. The statement they have are, we are currently at a state where the game is complete and playable, but there's still work to be done. CD Projekt Red wrote in a press release embedded below. I forgot to delete that. This is from the article on GameSpot.com. Make sure to check that out. Uh, Night City is massive, full of stories, content, and places to visit. Due to the sheer scale and complexity of it all, we need more time to finish playtesting, fixing, and polishing. We want Cyberpunk 2077 to be our crowning achievement for this generation, and postponing launch will give the precious months we need to make the game perfect. Mm. Oh, did you see um, Corey replying about that? Uh, Someone, I don't know who it was, wrote up an article, and it was like, Cyberpunk delayed because it doesn't run well on current gen consoles. And so, yeah, and Corey was just like, mm. yeah, nothing runs good until like the last. <laughs> what was it? Yeah, until but like, like two weeks before. If anyone has earned the the kind of like trust, it's them. They delayed mm. The they Witcher, delayed Witcher three, three a bunch yeah, of times. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look and, at that game. And, and Witcher two, let's be honest, like Witcher two, I feel like that console version was when they actually that game was good yeah like it wasn't yeah. buggy yeah so. like the yeah. the uh re-release enhanced edition yeah. of it yeah that was, that, that was like when i, I think fixed yeah i think they've kind of clearly learned like instead of making an enhanced edition a few months later let's just take the extra time and make it a banger from the outset mm. and like the game well, now always, they can afford to yeah, too yeah. right the games are always the, like the original versions of these games are always fine like and they're just like rough around the edges but like cd project CD Projekt is now at a level where Russ said their project is now at a stage where like rough around the edges doesn't play for them like they're like S rank developer now mm-hmm. well, they were so, like three get, times more people yeah, than yeah. they had on Witcher right so yeah, like yeah. they kind of need to you know yeah and like the expectation for that game yeah like even they have to do everything in their power to make sure they can nip and tuck as many things as possible and like They've like earned the goodwill, like I said, like they're mm. probably one of the best games ever mm. made. So yeah, I, I feel like they're definitely they've hit that not quite there, but they, they they have a similar mindset or they can't have a similar mindset to like Rockstar at this point. Yeah, right? I think Where I they think can, they're close to Rockstar. I think they are at Rockstar levels, mm. like not playing in the same. Maybe not in terms of sales, yes, but like in yeah, terms exactly. of the kind of in terms of like games prestige yeah. and types mm. of games that they build for sure. Um, yeah. Did you hear the um, IGN UK podcast last week? A friend of the show, Matt Perslow, mm-hmm. was telling this sort of story about how he, I think it was the original Witcher, he bought it on disc for oh, PC. Yeah. And then they released the enhanced edition or all the fixes months later. But because they were doing that through Steam, he couldn't get the patch. (laughs) So he had to email CD Projekt and they sent him a zip file with all the fixes. I I was listening to this and I remember it because I was working retail at the time. Ah. And like the enhanced edition came out and they were like, how do I, how do I get it? Yeah. Like, you need to email CD Projekt. (laughs) (laughs) They will sort you out. I can't help you with that. It's weird because I think I was like at, retail for the witcher 2 as well right so like mm. i was like both of my the witcher releases have been through retail yeah and three was the first one i was like no i'm done but yeah that was it that is a wild world where you need to do, and it was like a zip file yeah that it was they a sent, zip. and like you just couldn't share it you had yeah. to show like email receipt and it was yeah. wild i mean but this is also a, co- a company that was like founded off of 
figuring out how to get pirates to stop yeah. buying mm-hmm. games, right? They or to start buying yeah. games, rather. So original yeah, I mean, like, everything on GOG, right, is still... <laughs> oh, yeah. GOG is still DRM-free, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you can, yeah. It's interesting. I feel like the the problem I, I've always heard when we recently actually did an interview, it came up again with uh, Gen Z from Supergiant mm. about um, when they did uh, Transistor. And one of the problems that a lot of devs have when creating sci-fi games if or contemporary games at all is that there's way more expectation about uh, like specific details in those worlds. Like um. we'll usually gloss over stuff in fantasy games. You don't think too oh, much about right. the way things are because we're not in that world. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. if you enter a sitting room in a contemporary world or a near future aesthetic, anything that like that's a weird looking toilet. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So it requires like a much keener eye or like once you get down to the end of it and you're refining the edges, there's suddenly a lot more edges to refine. So uh-huh. I was wondering about this one where, because obviously the scale of the city, you can't have anything near as big as that, what they made with Witcher because it was all open out in the, mm. you're, you're out in the world, you know, forests and whatnot. It's not mm. the same as the super dense cities. Yeah. But then also those dense cities need to be like, you know, you, you, have, you, see, you saw the, the, the demo at E3, right? Mm-hmm. Like everything looked like, so yeah, interesting. Like every and building looked like there was a door you could go in and yeah. see what yeah. was inside, and, and, and so many advertisements and just layers upon layers of of like reality that they had. Yeah. And you're thinking like, all right, how do you extend that out over like yeah. a Witcher length game? Well, Pretty I have a different. feeling. I have. I don't know if I've talked about my theory. I think you're going to go to the moon in this game. The moon. I what? Think you're going to go. Well, yeah, because the moon plays a big role in like the pen and paper RPG. Yeah. Oh, it does. Well, yeah. we still haven't played. I know we haven't played yet. We need, but, yeah, we need to start. Also. Quick one. They announced a Dishonored uh, RPG yes. today that we are playing over Table the summer. Top. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dibs on Corvo. Dibs on Emily. But also, Wait. is that game series dead? Dibs on it. the Outsider. Wait, what is it? No, it's, yeah, it's, it's like a Billy Table RPG. Huh? I'll take Billy. Billy oh, Lark. Billy Lark. Lark. There he is. Uh, we should probably move on. <laughs> Give me Dishonored 3. We've been going on a while. Uh, but the next big piece of news, Byleth coming to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, you guys tried to guess... Last week, no one, no one got it right. Callie did. She wasn't. She was, yeah. Yet. She she but thought before, it would be before it was. She was like when, very confidently at, at like lunch. She was like, "It's going to be Byleth." Who's Byleth? Um, <laughs> what's a Byleth? The main character in Final Fantasy uh, Three Houses, but Final Fantasy Three Final, Houses. Oh my God! Fire oh, Emblem Three Houses. <laughs> Accidentally, we like the the facade has slipped. Finding there. Weebo. There he is. Oh my God! I'm leaving. Yeah, we found That's it. This Shows is the over. real Jake. This Pack is it the up. real Jake. This is the real Jake. He watches anime. He plays Final Fantasy. Dragon Quest fan. He's got pictures of Yuji Hori at his desk. <laughs> <laughs> Exposed. Anyway. Mm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Byleth has come into Super Smash Bros. Finally, Ultimate. Finally, Fire Emblem character. Good From stuff. Fire Emblem, the main yeah. character. God, uh, I didn't know either, and I've played that game. Yeah, people no. were mad about it. People were really mad about it. Get Hilda in. Yeah. That's why. So She's the I, best one. Like, I, I, I think let Sakurai do what he wants. He's mm-hmm. already put in so many great characters in this game. We've got Banjo. Like, Banjo is in this game, and mm-hmm. people are mad because he put in a Fire Emblem character. And Sakurai's favorite series of all time is Fire Emblem. So mm. just like, let them have it. They're going to add six more characters. The way people are responding is just... It is wild. Infuriating. Like, just relax. So Steve Watts on our um, news writing team put up an article, which I thought was a nice balanced way to kind of tackle it and look at it, look at the response to it from a more like reasonable kind of mm. point of view. Mm. People are just like real upset about it. But his point reasonable. was like, when, when they talked about the DLC fighters, I think it was Reggie that said it. It was at the Game Awards. 
the line he used was like, these will be surprising. Like right. they'll, they'll come from outside and they will surprise and shock you or whatever. And the reason why people are, and every character thus far has done that. Yeah, Banjo. Like Banjo, you know, God, effectively. Yeah, Joker. Oh, right. um, a bunch of other characters, Terry Bogard, for example. Oh, yeah. um, this is the one that breaks the trend where it's unsurprising mm. in every way. Mm-hmm. It's a Fire Emblem character, Nintendo property, his favorite. It's surprising franchise. how unsurprising it yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that's what people are responding to in an unreasonable way. Yeah. But like, I thought that was a good, smart kind of assessment of the thing, even if it doesn't forgive the the vitriol that is being yeah. thrown around around it. Like, relax. Let let the man. Like Jake said, like he's. He's good. They've given us so many amazing characters already. Yeah. There's like 78 or something ridiculous. And yeah. by the time they're done, there's going to be almost 80. There's going to be over 80 characters mm-hmm. in this game. Yeah. So it's like, I'm definitely one of those people who was disappointed. I woke up at 6 a.m. to see whatever that was. 4 a.m. to and- write <laughs> <laughs> I was upset. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. I, I looked at it and I saw it was Byleth and I was like, well, I'm going back to bed. And I went back to bed mm-hmm. and woke up and turns out everyone was pissed. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. yeah. What can you do? Goodbye, Lyft. Oh. <laughs> there's six more coming. They announced instead of five. Six more by the sun. There's going to be six more by you know, six more characters coming. Um, and the last piece of new, news is Ninja Theory announces Project Mara. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if you guys saw this. Saw kinda... the video? Yeah, the video. Did was... you watch the video? I watched the video, yeah. What was up with the stabilization on that walkthrough? <laughs> I did notice what, that too. That was, I was um, like... I thought Lucy got motion sick. That was making me <laughs> yeah. I didn't watch it yet. Yeah. Good. That's really good strange. Out. Sorry, oh, nothing yeah. to do. Sorry, I shouldn't be video critiquing <laughs> I mean, like... in the trailers. I mean, to be fair, like reading the description, Project Mara will be a real world and grounded representation of mental terror based on the lived experience accounts and in-depth research. Our aim is to recreate the horrors of the mind as accurately and realistically as mm. possible. Project Mara will be an experimental title and a showcase of what could be a new storytelling medium. So what they showed was basically a logo and what looked like, it didn't look like general, it looked like video to me. Did it look like video to you? Well, the shots of the hall that they had and the, the typing yeah, on the The screen? hall did the typing on the screen, but then they cut to like shots that looked like they were from Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, but I don't think they were. Right. But it looked like it was still uh, like rendered in that engine. So I, yeah, I, I mm. don't know. Yeah. They're showing yeah. a brain, brain waves and stuff. Yeah, it, it seems very like we are thinking, like it, this seemed to me like just them trying to Almost like a STEM expectation for Hellblade 2, maybe, to be like, look, this isn't like a big AAA mm. game. Like, it'll be a smaller thing again, mm. but we're also working on all this other mm. stuff as well. Did, to they, play, I mean, did it get acquired by Microsoft? Am I crazy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. To Studio, play yeah. devil's advocate a little bit here, they did such a great job at representing mental illness in Hellblade. Yeah. yeah. But why are they doubling down on that for Project Mara? Like, mm. for, it will be a real, real world and grander representation of mental terror. Which is fine if you're making a horror game, but then it's like based on real lived experience accounts and in depth research, our aim is to recreate the horrors of the mind as accurate and realistically as possible. It's like, but why? So like they they like are you doing that to like make a horror game, or are you doing that to highlight the struggles that people live with? Is highlighting those struggles better and more beneficial than making something that could help someone mm, that has yeah. those terrors? Like that's the bit that's a, I appreciate if they're doing the research and all that stuff, but it's a bit weird. I guess like. It's hard to say, like, I'm trying to think back to playing Hellblade. Was there like a, there? it does end in a way that kind of Senua's journey is like, she grows, like mm-hmm. she struggles throughout the game, but towards the end of the, 
towards the end of it, there's like some a moment of realization, peace, and she kind of comes to him. I think that that it's an, certainly an interesting approach for them because like they, I remember talking to to meme like the studio head at um, uh, Ninja Theory or like they called themselves Head Creative Ninja or something like that. Sounds and, right. like and he was like very very um, passionate about the kind of the process of learning about psychosis for mm. Hellblades and mm. Sacrifice, um, and like it was filtered through that information was filtered through a very specific lens to create hellblade um i don't know if they if they're like the wording makes it sound like they're funneling everything they learned down a very like specific genre path like mm-hmm. we're gonna make a dark horror game but it could be that the representation you know is is kind of like more it's representing the things that happen inside the mind in various ways and mm-hmm. hopefully that includes like how to you know kind of deal with that stuff and yeah. how build i think the interesting the thing that they were really proud of is it helped other people gain an understanding of what it is like to have psychosis yeah which even is very important is, yeah super important even if it is like on a very basic level like through binaural audio and kind of the things that you see in development tricks and i think that's what they're trying to do now like make that part mm. of their unique mo and like their their unique selling point yeah. like mm-hmm. how do we take these things that people suffer with and kind of represent them in a way that others understand and not necessarily like how do we take this thing that someone suffers with and turn it into a video game mechanic yeah well part of me kind of thinks this may not even be like a video game you know like based on that description i mean i don't know what else it would be but i feel like they've got that microsoft money and maybe their team's probably a lot bigger and they're like oh you know let's great shout like i didn't even try other things um because i could see that happening and this sounds bad but when i read the little press release or whatever the first thing i thought of was project milo right yeah. just because it was like kind of like weird experimental thing that never really made it anywhere not that this won't mm. but like just at first glance it was like okay this is something very different i guess yeah and like but, microsoft is kind of interested in kind of like that accessibility and almost like the the health part of it like they've got the adaptive controller which mm. is something completely different but like that's a way for people to kind of like engage people and bring other people in and enable them to play games in different ways. And like, it's almost like helping the other way around, like Mm -hmm. helping people who play games to understand others who are, you know, going through certain things and Mm -hmm. dealing with, with, you know, day to day uh, issues that you wouldn't be able to see on the face of it. So they, they definitely have a history on exploring that stuff. And it makes sense that if they wanted to do it, it would be Ninja Theory that does it. I feel like this is a, a ninja theory led initiative more well, than anything else. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, talking to Rod Ferguson on yeah. Audiologues, he was talking about, you know, Microsoft encouraged them to have inclusive design workshops and then they apply it to games and stuff. I think the thing that's just stuck in my craw about that press release is that it's very it's the phrasing of we just want to show what uh proper representation of mental illness yeah. and whatever. And it's like Totally. But it's you're like, just you're focusing on that, <laughs> on that part, you're not focusing on what it's then gonna do to people. Are you doing mm. it to educate, you're doing it to help mm. people that bit needs to kind of come up in the the messaging a little yeah bit. it's vague it's 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 a very vague announcement and it's a in, it, within a genre or a storytelling or a, even a focus like mental health that even now which i feel like this you know 10 years ago there was no mental health games or you know when they yeah, totally. cat and there's at least you know it's on the tip of everyone's tongue and mm. a lot of game design is sort of like lent into it which is really cool but um yeah, it is. It it's considering how much of the narrative or the, like the like promotion of Senua's sacrifice or the, the Hellblade both games have 
been around that, it does seem strange that they're also doing another one. It, like I'm mm. with you, I'm like, oh, like what's the other, what's the unique mm. aspect of this one then, I guess? Um, yeah, it's funny. Got Microsoft are doing like, between this and Double Fine, it's like, I know it's adding like different colors to the rainbow, which is really important when they're trying to like create like an idea of what the Xbox is. And like, mm. especially when it comes to having unique IP, which they've had a massive struggle with this generation. But um, it is, I, I'm interested to, it'll be really weird to see how like, these companies that have kind of like scraped along doing a lot of this stuff or like, you know, with, uh, I feel like with Hellblade or with um, Ninja Theory in particular, doing a lot of commercial work so they could do their their sort of projects mm-hmm. that meant a lot to them. Um, it'll be interesting to see how, yeah, what happens if Microsoft are more hands off with them and double fine, like what they end up coming up with. Yeah. I mean, especially, did you see some of those like development diaries for Hellblade where yeah. they like set yeah, up the motion really capture? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Like on the, on the ceiling and it's like this really janky setup. It was just like, like dang, awesome. they like pinched every penny to get this game made, which is, we have a mini doc about that on GameSpot. Yeah. I think that's actually yeah. what I, how I learned about that. It's because yeah. the it's mini like doc. Bringing back the double A game or something like that. All right. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Was it like a triple A game on a double A budget? Or yeah. Something, something like that. That's yeah. What, yeah. Anyway, we've been going on a while and we've got some questions. We've got some questions for you, Danny, and then we have some listener questions. We'll go through these questions for you fairly quickly. Sure. Um, They're just from Twitter. The first one is from the wonderful Reb Ford. Uh, Danny, yes, yes. From all your visits to various developers, what would you say the closest universal truth is? Is Is there something that stands out? Uh, first of all, a great video on GameSpot.com. Yep. Mike Mahardy talking to Reb Ford about uh, the uh, inherited Dan Rackett's giant pencil, didn't he? Yeah, is that what it was? Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. I think that's Dan Rackett's <laughs> yeah. one anyway, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, he did. Uh, that's, what was it? It was like every, what would every celebrity's oh, uh, yeah. Warframe, 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 Warframe yeah. be? Yeah. It, it was really good. Um, universal truth. Uh, I think maybe the thing that's, uh, the thing that I've come to personally sort of understand or change my mind around it, when it comes to games um, is that like even the games that you think are like cynically made for money, um, like everyone on it, maybe not everyone, maybe that's too broad, but like everyone's, most of them are like breaking their arses off it. And they know like any problems that exist with games, most of the time the developers know, and it wasn't an issue of them not trying hard enough. Sometimes it was time. Sometimes it was budget. Sometimes it was the team composition. Sometimes it was team politics, but like everyone's trying their best and really trying to make the best thing they can. I would like to apologize um, to the development team behind Dragon Ball Kakarot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh, but I think if there's one universal thing, actually, it's probably, um, I remember when I was in the, like working this side of the press, because it, it does feel different now doing doing the Noclip mm-hmm. stuff, um, because we're not sort of on the beat as much, like you're not like in time with everything as much, um, uh, especially with reviews and news stuff that like you kind of felt like you were in a like a you felt victimized a bit because you're always getting criticized for stuff like people are always criticizing you for review scores or for thinking something or when i had my op-ed show like oh but what about this or whatever mm-hmm. and then uh when you talk to developers and, and gamers as well gamers feel that way too they feel like they're getting nickel and dimed by studios or publishers or like the game they liked they made a sequel that i don't like that sequel i preferred it was like that one why'd you make make it more like new vegas not like fallout 3 you know like that type of thing <sighs> right right and and but then when you talk to developers, they feel the exact same way because they're like, oh, everyone criticizes us. The re- like reviews are always yeah. bad, or like these gamers are giving out to us, or saying we don't care or anything. So I think learning that like developers feel as isolated as everyone else because they're just stuck in like Rebs in London, Ontario. We're working on that game right in a small, small community, town. <laughs> small town. They don't feel like they're 
you know, the part of this massive multi-million dollar engine or this game that's done really well. They, they feel scrappy. They were, mm-hmm. you know, scrappy to the end with that. And I think that's, I think when you meet developers, like there are those egos, which I think, t- I think we ran into more here, whereas like here I was exposed to more, and it's definitely changed. You look at stuff mm-hmm. like audio logs, you're talking mm-hmm. to everyone, but like, uh, E3 stage show, you're generally talking to... You get the media trained. Totally. Yeah. This is the face. This is the yes. PR marketing approved face Confidence, of this game. Confidence, everything, answer for everything, that type of thing. Blazer over company t-shirt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and a lot of those people, are, they're lovely people, but they give an impression of confidence. And I think that is actually what a lot of gamers uh, react to, which is that they think there's so much confidence in these studios. You go talk to these people, imagine talking to somebody who's been working on like sound design for this one game in secret for six fucking years and mm-hmm. you, and like, of course they they care more than anyone else mm-hmm. about who what what people say about their game so i think that's i think more than anything else it's that and it's why i've like struggled to like do any op-ed stuff since i left because i'm just like they know mm-hmm. like what am i gonna say yeah you know what i mean so it's uh it's tough it's uh yeah that's that's probably the thing everyone is you know scrappy trying their best i think that's similar to us right? a lot of places are like I think the, the the easy thing to do a few years back was when a game came out and you didn't like some aspect about it, you'd write about it. Yeah. And be like, I hate this part of this game because XYZ should be done like this, nah, nah, nah. But like, we've just become one, we're more aware of the fact that everyone knows. That yeah. People, there's no benefit to telling someone who knows that something's bad is bad, like, or is, is compromised. And two, like the general negativity around games yeah, is just like, it's just, it's just like all encompassing. Yeah. Like, and I know from like an editorial team, like we don't, mince our words mm. but like these days i think a lot of people they edge towards like how can i find something positive in like you look at stuff that mike mahali does for example yeah like a lot of the things that he does are finding the positive parts of in games and like trying to find something small and like talk about this element of a game and like why it's good for him mm. um and like i feel like a lot of people are doing that and everyone's leaning towards that now a bit more um, so like yeah, that what you said there is like pretty much on the on the money for a lot of people. But it's a funny balance, right? Because then if you yeah. start doing that too much, too then much, all yeah. you're doing is like blowing chilling, smoke up yeah, the arse yeah. and then you're just chilling yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I like we, like I said, like we're as a team, it's something that we we mm. very much are aware of and focus on balancing. Yeah. Like we'll never be like, this game is bad, let's not review it. Or right, like this yeah, game yeah, is yeah. bad, like let's sugarcoat it. Like we always tell it how it is. Mm. But like back in the day, it was like. We need an op-ed. Let's find something to pick on. Yeah, mm. like, uh, like yeah. I'm not saying that's what we. Even did. if you weren't in saying that, yeah, it was thinking just, it, or it was, yeah. it was, it was, the, it, was the, it was a gravity that was there it's, that you could yeah, feel. Yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. In, you can see it in the tone of like YouTube essays now. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Back in the day, it was like every YouTube essay would be like, "This is why this thing is bad." Yeah, like X reasons why yeah. this is bad. Now it's more how like, this game got murdered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now yeah. it's now it's like, oh, this this thing that's kind of like perhaps not super popular. There's actually something really yeah. cool in here, and that's the kind of tone of YouTube essays. And I feel like that's partly, whether consciously or subconsciously, a response to the general negativity yeah. around games, and also like the the awareness that the people who make things are also aware of their their flaws. Yeah, and like they don't need to be like kicked when they're down. Yeah, let's try and find something positive. And I think that at least for the people in this room, like that's mm. that's something that we kind of mm. gravitate towards, right? Yeah, yeah. Next Richard, question. Your Richard video was really good uh, last yeah, week, yeah. by the way. Thank you. Really <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Uh, next question. Uh, would you would love to know what perspective his work with NoClip has given with regards to how games are made, opposed to 
You kind of already answered that question. Yeah. (laughs) The same thing. They take a long time. Everyone works really hard. They're totally broken until the last minute. Because like we, especially with the the Haiti stuff we're working on now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're super giant. We're based in San Francisco, just down the road. Greg Savin, ex-editor of GameSpot. Um, uh, Super, uh, building the Bastion show on Giant Bomb where they they showed uh, Mm. that game being built. So we've been embedded with them. Uh, throughout the development of Hades and I have access to uh, daily builds uh, and weekly builds that they send out to the QA people so whenever they're uh, we're capturing gameplay for stuff as it's getting changed or um, stuff that's like uh, you know I need gameplay for it now because the video is going out in two weeks or whatever and it'll be it'll get playing catch up and like yeah like their game is actually like they're probably the most disciplined most like you know uh, their version controlling and everything is like slick but even at that stage, everything is just like a broken mess. Um, and it's, yeah, it's 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 funny when people say that like, a good example of this actually was, um, what was that, what was the game that came out near the end of the year that just needed to be baked a little bit longer? Fallen Order. Yes. Yeah, Fallen, Fallen Order. Order was a really good example of kind of like, when you've just not screwed the IKEA furniture that little bit more, oh, I've got one you know? wonky drawn, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and the whole thing leans, and it's only because of one or two screws, yeah. and it's like, yeah, it's that thing. It's so prevalent, but it's so difficult to, to do, and and yeah, I don't know. I think in a world where there were gold dates, it was a little bit easier, maybe, and mm-hmm. the 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 day one patch is kind of in a way maybe made stuff harder for people, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the Hades series you guys are doing is really yeah, cool. Just because cool. that is something you don't really see. Mm-hmm. Like a, a lot of it's, you you get the preview stuff, and then maybe after you get post mortem, like right. here, here's yeah. kind of how it went. Here's the struggles we had, but you never see like in the thick of it. Do you uh, remember back in the day there was a Gamespot series? I think I've made Black, Black, Black Powder Red Earth. Red Earth. BPRE. Yeah. You, do you remember that? That's where the game never me came of, out. Yeah. It, what? I, yeah. There was a series back in the day yeah. that we both used to watch. It, it was, was called like, it was called something else, but the game was yeah. was Black Red. It, it was a game called like Black Powder it, Red. It was, Earth. it was an indie development. It was something like that. Yeah, yeah. it was something like that. But it was like Ryan McDonald and those guys. They were like embedded together. with a team who yeah. was making this like sci-fi shooter game. Yeah, and like it was like weekly behind the scenes. Oh my god! And it was oh incredible, god. and that game just vanished. There are no unique ideas. Everything no. I've done on NoClip yeah. is like reminded me. I remember like Spot did it totally. Yeah, yeah. It's like or I did like I was obsessed with that. Show, though. when we do like one-off interview things and like the one i always remembered in my head was this show on GameSpot back in the day that was called um what was it called it was like it was they'd interviewed there was a couple of them they'd interviewed um molyneux and a couple of people on these one-off and then i found out it was jeff keely had actually produced yeah. oh, um, his final hours stuff. no it wasn't final hours it was, was he, he, he had done final hours but they were they were write-ups on GameSpot. Yeah, yeah. but he, there was a video series i, I know what you're talking about yeah i, I remember it, it had gears yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. i forget yeah. the name of it yeah, Behind the games, yeah yeah, 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 they might have been lost in the great uh, Windows <laughs> server conversion. They are, yeah, yeah. and it was Keely who put those together. Yeah. So uh, Will, who works on engineering, he actually was just yeah. showing me the other day uh, that basically all like our first videos that we've posted. If you go to our video page and scroll all the way to like page three thousand, you can find it, and it's like gameplay movie cutscene one gameplay move like things that people right. just embedded in articles but you can actually find that in like oh there's still the, there so I was yeah. on the other day and I was looking for we had um, Yacht Club in yes uh, to shoot audio logs and he was uh, David D'Angelo was asking for you know we're going to compare this with this do you have gameplay of this so I was going back through the, the old GameSpot archives we used to call things instead of just saying gameplay we used to call it um, Splosion Man 
gameplay movie. Yeah. yeah. Which is the, the weirdest thing. And we were doing that until about 2011. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, that's the other thing Will said. Will's like, yeah, it doesn't really normal out until you get to like page 2000. And I'm like, so there's just yeah. a, a thousand pages but of just play, like. But they don't play, right? A lot of them are just like. Some no, I think a lot of them do. Some of them you yeah, can yeah. find. That was in the area, era when you could download the, the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I you can from the CMS. We were at a bar and Will just starts playing like random cutscenes from games from God. years and years ago. I remember getting into <laughs> a big argument with Lark over them pulling the downloading off. The, off yeah, the, I love it. So it was that. like a super small subsection of users that did it, but they were like important users you didn't want to piss off. Yeah, They were but, me. I was downloading yeah, everything. One guy in the UK has downloaded <laughs> like 10,000 I, I, I burned them, them all to VCDs and I genuinely had like 200 VCDs. Oh my, oh my God. God. I, I think I still have the stack. It was like, I've probably got a comprehensive history of Wow. GameSpot videos somewhere. If you have any of my old blog videos, because they're mostly guards. I've got some of those as well. Oh, they all, get they all disappeared. Get them out. Okay. I've, got, I've definitely got the Bioshock one. I oh, you do? I downloaded the Bioshock With my one. niece in it. With your, yeah, when you're sitting in the tub as well. Yeah. And yeah. like about to electrocute yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we put some weird stuff yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. shouldn't have let users no, post no, videos no. on GameSpot. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Next one. Uh, since he spends so much time covering the stories of games from behind the scenes, does he ever think about how he would run his own studio? Also, does he remember when we all sang karaoke in Tokyo with Japanese businessmen <laughs> and called blessing? That's from Ian. Why not? Ian yeah, Russia. yeah, we, yeah. That was that was fun. We did a we did a meet up in uh, in Japan, and way more people turned up than me and Jeremy were expecting, huh. like like forty people or something. And like Dang. Tokyo bars hold like you oh, know, like could, ten people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so thankfully, so like someone's fans, living room, and then yeah. you look. It was madness. Um, the uh, yeah, I, I, what was the question? It was um, how would you run your own studio? Given what oh you know? gosh, like I, I'm sure I've pulled in ideas about running our current studio of me and Jeremy um, from from places I've worked before. I did like try. I wanted to work in games because um, I was a web developer programmer and I studied C sharp and did XAA and I, my final college program was a, was a 2D platform game that I coded, but like. I didn't have the discipline for it. I don't have like the attention for the thing I loved about working in video. When I worked in web development, you'd work on a project for like a couple of months and then it was like uh like a chain around your neck for the rest of your life because you had to constantly like as the internet updated, you had to constantly work on this website. So you just build up this like massive amount of like collars that you had to constantly keep fixing. Mm. Um uh, and what I liked about what what made me fearful about games was working on a project for five years. I don't think I had the like mm. um, ability to like work on something creatively ideate that long. Whereas video stuff, you know, you can work on something for a week or like two days, or you can mm -hmm. work on something for like the longest projects we've had have maybe been two months of post production, and it's that's fine because you know you can see the end of the tunnel. Yeah, so. I, th I think about that sometimes too because I've been here for five years right. almost now and i'm like that's a long time but it was like if i was working on a game that would be yeah. a, that would be like one be shipped game one. could you mm -hmm. imagine yeah and then like we talked to a lot of like developers and they've you know they'll they'll have symptoms like like something akin to like a postpartum of of what do you do once this mm -hmm. big yeah, thing that's sure. the way you've lived your life and focused and this thing you've like tried to create is suddenly out in the world and you don't have control over it anymore like what do you do with that and the massive yeah like problems trying to um, trying to get back from that yeah. so yeah it's crazy it is interesting going to different studios and learning the different ways the culture works and the, the big thing I look for when we're trying to see if a place is like because everyone's trying to put on their good face for us and ultimately when you're like telling these stories you're you're picking a version of the lie like you'll never get close to the truth you'll never have all the truth so you sort of like try and 
find as close to the the mm. the, the 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 lie you want to tell um and for me, figuring out whether or not a place is like righteous or not is looking at tenure and looking at like how long people have been there, like what the average tenure is, like how many, what type of people they employ, like how diverse the workforce is, how uh, if people have like been promoted, like all that sort of stuff, and you can get a real sense of it. And it's funny, like I'm sure one day we'll do like a like a breakdown of like the ones that are really not good and the ones that are, but. Um, it's, I think that's the biggest sense for me of like whether a, how well a place is run is whether or not people stick around, like how bad that turnover is. Uh, yeah, I think the average turnover, the average uh, job in BGS Maryland, the average tenure, I think, was 12 years. Wow. We're like, Jeez. whoa. And they get more shit than anyone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they take care of their people. Todd looking out for his boys. Yeah. <laughs> his tenure, I think, is like 20-something yeah. years old. He's yeah. there for life. Yeah. <laughs> totally. uh, last last uh, question in the dancers section. Uh, if no clip got a killer Netflix deal, what would you do with an unlimited budget, at least for two seasons before you're canceled? That's from It's West. too yeah. soon, man. It's yeah. too soon yeah. to talk yeah. about Mindhunter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, that's a travesty. Boy. Um, What's uh, that? You're going to finish Mindhunter? Uh, yeah, no, I don't <laughs> yeah. think so. <laughs> Mindhunter, season three. <laughs> I'd love to do something there. I think if we did, it would have to be something that was way more mainstream focused. Focusing on like, I think my favorite thing about, um, about like, like Netflix is like full. It's like, there's more documentaries than anything else. Mm. Like people are mm-hmm. throwing money into documentaries. Mm. And then whenever anyone tries to make a documentary about games, it's like, the history of games. Yeah. It's like it's e. like right. Yeah. Do you remember that? And the blah blah blah. Oh, and it's I watched like that. Can you imagine going on like that documentary about finding ET? The ET one. Yeah, yeah. That was uh post. Was produ- I think it was I think somewhat it was produced, produced with Microsoft. Microsoft. Yeah. But I know the folks over at Other boring. Ocean. It was boring. It was yeah. Boring. Yeah. Well, they picked. They dug them up and they were there. It's the same story. It's like the Loch Ness monster. It'd be boring if you found it. It's yeah. more. Well, mm. maybe it, that wouldn't be. But the thing that they keep doing is that, and it's really weird because like it's like you don't go to like the documentary section and they're like here's the like the history of food it's just like it's so <laughs> such an outrageously yeah. broad way of tackling it but that's the way everyone does it because you go in food documentaries it's like every little tiny little slice mm. so like i don't know i think ultimately the stories that are interesting when it comes to documentaries are not talking heads wikipedia articles they're about people and there's a couple of like specific stories that we've kind of like done or maybe like one would like lean into more if we had the opportunity to do them like with a more substantial crew or uh more time more than anything else because time is the most expensive thing Um, especially on like i feel like if if you're going to shoot a netflix documentary right that's probably like a year and a half like that's Mm going to take a while 100 and then to do that we'd still need to obviously keep up everything on the noclip side as well Mm -hmm. yeah you couldn't what 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 are you doing then because like the big what we like about our stuff is that it'll exist no matter it's out in the world and people can have it and there's no ads and they can you know it's paywall with netflix too that well that's (laughs) totally 100 so like what are you doing at that stage you're just you're doing commercial work and maybe that story could should be told mm-hmm. for everyone for free without uh, international like as well mm-hmm. we've a lot of people to watch outside of uh, english speaking territories and stuff so um yeah i think there is something to be done i think uh yeah when the story presents itself i'd be i'd, I'd probably push harder on it but. there's a great series on netflix called hip-hop evolution oh yeah which is like charts the history of hip-hop start to current day but it's like through the people that were there mm. as much as they can or the people that they were influenced by. I think by. I watched a couple so like, episodes Yeah, of it's that. real good. It's like maybe two seasons, not super long but like each and it's like it's got f- like well-known rappers right. in there like talking about oh yeah, I was coming up and this was the sound and then I took this and that and like there's something that could be made in in that similar vein for games where it's like 
you could probably get pretty far back with like original developers but then it's like almost like charting the relay race of the of like the right. development of video games like i saw this and i was influenced this and then my thing influence the next generation yeah. it's harder i feel like with games to have that sort of like personal through line because you'll have these yeah. people who are like sing producers develop or whatever and they're like they are the emotional core mm. but when you and you can do it somewhat with games but then you get into the 90s and suddenly teams start ballooning and you mm. don't have individuals who yeah. can tell yeah. the story that way so yeah. it's it's really for me espn 30 for 30s were like that was the big inspiration for noclip was like i don't know each of these stories is its own little thing and mm -hmm. you tell it its own way like 30 for 30 the only thing that ties them together is basically the logo at the start yeah. outside of that it could be ice cube talking to you about the oakland raiders it could be this like uh, there's one that's just about this one day in time it was the day that oj was in the car chase and there was a bunch of other like sports things like the form can adapt to the story and that's mm -hmm. the most important thing so you can tell the story the best way it can be told instead of yeah. having the box and trying to fit things into the box mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's i'd love to yeah, that's why our stuff doesn't have much of a formula either. Like some of them are big series, some of them are small things. Mm -hmm. And so the problem with Netflix is that you kind of need to yeah, formalize it's a, it. It's either yeah. a show yeah. or a movie. Or a one-off, yeah. So it's, so it's hard to say what that thing would be. True crime gaming documentary. Yeah. One of the more yeah, interesting. I've been thinking about that. <laughs> Do not mention anymore. <laughs> <laughs> one of the one of the at least one of my favorite videos that I've worked on since I've been here was the or series of videos was Mike and I and Richard. Uh, kind of like followed the immersive sim, and we talked mm -hmm. to we talked to like Harvey Smith and Raph Colantonio, but then we also talked to um, we also talked to like Richard Garriott right. and uh, yeah. uh, what's his name? He he loves Mickey Mouse. I can't believe it. Oh, oh, Warren uh, Spector. Warren Spector. Warren Spector. Yeah. Yeah. He Epic Mickey. He loves Mickey Mouse. Well, he, he, he showed us like, game. Yeah. He showed yeah. it. He showed, yeah. He made one of the games, but he when we filmed Mickey. it. He was like, "This is my Mickey museum." And he, like, pretty much, when we walked in, and there was just like. So Mickey much Mickey yeah, Mouse memorabilia. That sounds ominous as hell, man. Yeah. Yeah. Do you use like Mickey weird. Museum? Does Mickey mean the same thing in England as it does in Ireland? Taking the piss. Taking no, the it literally means like penis. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm, like Mickey. Less so. Yeah. Uh, so we Mickey call, like, Museum. Mickey. Mickey. Yeah, we take okay, Mickey Museum. Museum. <laughs> Mickey literally means. Yeah, Mickey Museum. Is a Warren Spector. Mickey Museum back home will be. Yeah. <laughs> Rename that museum. I've been to that uh, museum. One of, the, one of my favorite things. One of my favorite things to come out of that, though, was. We we had we interviewed Richard Garriott and that guy is really smart. Like yeah. oh yeah, like yeah. his it's like a polymath. He's yeah, his, like, his yeah. brain is just on another level. And he, we we asked him like, so what is it that makes like immersive Sims really special? He's like, okay, well, let's when people play games, they want as many options as they can. Let's say this place is on fire, and he starts listing all these things. Like we try to break through the window, but the the it's it's wired glass. We can't get through it. Okay, well, what if we what if we get through the door? We can't get through the door because it's locked or the the handles are hot, so we can't do that. And he's like going through all these scenarios in his head, and he just like one after the other and he's like this is how we get out if there was a fire mm. and and we're like okay that that's pretty cool and he throws a match on the floor <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then he's like and he's like welcome to my mickey museum <laughs> no but but we were editing it and i was sitting next to richard at the time and richard's like this guy's really smart and and then richard does some research and he's like wait a second he Natural. said the same exact thing oh, really? multiple times for different interviews. Yeah. Wow. And we found a bunch of interviews That's of him hard. going through the same it's thing. It's the worst thing when that happens, yeah. <laughs> you hate to see it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, a little bit of a tangent, but now we're on to the listener questions. Uh, there's not a whole lot. Um, but yeah, if you guys have questions, make sure to email, email us at afterdarkpodcast.gamespot.com. This is our favorite part of the show where we get to answer your questions. So please send them our way. Lucy, do you want to read the first Ooh, one? Okay. 
This is from Sam from Atlanta. Hey, y'all. Been an avid listener since episode one and quickly came to love the relaxed atmosphere of the podcast week to week. We don't have beer vibes. today. Chill high vibes, man. Because yeah. we're we recording beer. like... Beer. After a week. Oh, have you done it earlier for me? Is that what happened? Yeah. yeah so but it's thank all right. You. Thank you. Probably shouldn't drink and work hours. I have to drive back to the... Yeah, so I definitely That's can. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my question is, though, assuming you have some of the GameSpot video producers... Past Three. and present. Two. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, on this week, how did you get to that position? I'm a recent college graduate myself, cool. doing freelance work, and would love to uh, someday work that job for a gaming site. Any advice? Thanks so much, Sam from Atlanta. P.S. I really hope the answer isn't just blind luck because I'm just not that lucky. Mm. Uh, I feel like you should go first. Or, well, sorry, I was going to say my could... answer is, is yeah. you and Cam and Seb. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we. Um, I get maybe it's different in different countries as well. I guess. Um, I I think just like. Have I, it's really difficult, right? Because I don't like. I think ha- being having a portfolio of work is like the most important thing. I felt like, or being able to show that you're able to learn. Mm. I guess um, we should just get Chris in here to answer the question. <laughs> Boma, because yeah, Boma, Boma. he was the one who hired me. So, and I turned up late for that fucking interview. So, uh, God knows why I got the job. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think like. Action. But I actually, the, the, absolutely, yeah. But there's a lot of people who write, try to write entirely on passion no. or enthusiasm, which I think is like such a folly. Like you need to be, you need to have like mm-hmm. passion is really good, but if you can't yeah. back it up with like actual work, and uh, if you can't accept criticism yeah, that's shaping totally. yeah. you Here's and thing, helping like, you improve, that's another big one hundred percent. Yeah, that's like I've one. been in loads of interviews, I, both sides of the table, right. and I think anyone who's hired someone can speak to this. People can tell when you're faking something. Oh, well, yeah, like, totally. Oh, yeah, if you're totally. like faking experience, people will immediately figure yeah. you out. What, what you're better off doing is showing passion and a genuine willingness to gain the experience that the person wants. Yeah. So like holding your hands up and being like, listen, I don't have that much experience, but I really love this thing. I work so hard. I know that I've got this foundational knowledge and I can build on it is way more likely to keep you in that person's mind than being like, yeah, I can do, uh, you know. After effects. The after effects. The difficulty yeah. I think here maybe for video stuff is that there aren't very many, like, except for when you do internships, okay. like entry-level positions because mm-hmm. the cost mm-hmm. of living here is so high. So, like, it's it's... You know, no one is expecting anyone to have professional experience generally. Having a YouTube channel and having some sort of like, having a YouTube channel and having an audience is obviously wonderful. But just having a YouTube channel that shows like work that you've been creating at mm-hmm. some like level of frequency or, or mm-hmm. that there's an evolution there. Mm-hmm. I think that goes a long way as well. But like, it's weird because then there's always the tantalizing like, you know, Twitch and YouTube sort of lifestyle over here. Um I yeah I don't know I I've met a lot of t- Twitch and YouTube people and a lot of people who work in games coverage and I think games coverage is a far better lifestyle a better type of yeah. work you get to work collaboratively with people you get to sleep um you get yeah. to, especially when people start having kids it gets real difficult in that world so yeah I I, yeah I mean I I got a little lucky I think but but the big I was just making videos mm. I was making videos I was writing articles my friends and I started like a small gaming website we had right. almost no audience but. The reason I got it was because I got lucky and checked job openings one day or a friend sent me a job opening. He was like, hey, there's a video internship. This Mm. sounds like your kind of thing. And I applied. And I think the reason I got it, the reason I got in the door, the reason I got an interview with like Ty and Neha was because like there were I just had like a long list of videos that I had already made. Like I, I was already doing it and it was clear that I still had a long way to go. But it was like, okay, there's a foundation here that we can see and can work with. And I actually 
was part of the hiring process for hiring our intern, Evan. Mm. Um, and I interviewed a couple people and what Tamar was saying is like, you can tell when someone's faking it. Like, yeah. Yeah. I obviously I'm not going to say any names, but someone, I was like, so like, what, what, what do you like about GameSpot? Like, do you follow us on, like, do, do you mm. check our news? And he's yeah. like, actually, I get news from like, he like, for a while he was saying like, oh yeah, I like, yeah. I like this. And then eventually at one point he was like, oh yeah, I get my news from IGN. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, that's not bad. Which is fine. That, fine. That just like, don't lie about it then. Yeah. That was like, the yeah, thing. Like he was trying to like talk about all these things on GameSpot that he really likes. And I was like, those don't, we don't really right. do that kind yeah. of stuff. Like I was like critical of GameSpot when I came in for my interview because I've been a fan, I've been, I was a consumer of it, but I've yeah. been on it for like whatever, seven, six, six years at that stage. And I was like, these things are good and these things are, yeah, honesty is way more important than, mm. you know, yeah. than that. Nobody I didn't have any video experience when I got my internship because. Right, but you worked in television after that, right? After, yeah. yeah. But no, when when I got my internship, I'd only ever been writing for uh, my friend's like enthusiast site, right? And my university paper, and then Alex Sassoon Kobe was the one who right. interviewed me, and I think I don't even think video came up until I started. And they I th- were kind of rolling everyone into video at that stage, right? Yeah, like, and yeah. Th- my. My second, my first day, it was, hey, do you want to come see how we make Star Select? And it was Seb and Jane doing <laughs> awesome. it. And then you got me do, I was in Escape from Mount Stupid a couple right. times. That was, I guess, technically my first ever oh, on-camera thing. And then I, by the because I was there for a month and they would just give me, like, I remember working with you to cut some Call of Duty. Remember we used to do uh, feature rappers? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, 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 I did some Call of Duty ones. Get all the meat off the buffalo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all those, all that kind of like little things and little jobs to sort of teach me how to edit. Yeah. And then by the end of the internship, I was doing, I did video features. I did yeah. like on camera stuff. And then I went to work for TV company. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You were killing it. Though. So thank you. Yeah. It's very, it's very, it's different ways of doing it. Mm, yeah. I think it's, I, to what you were saying, it's the passion and willingness to learn. Yeah. And I, and getting your hands and ability, yeah, like and you were, yeah. like a lot of people have enthusiasm, but like ever, I feel like everything that you got thrown at, you were actually able to do, or or if you weren't, you'd Thank you. ask. Tried, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was yeah. no, there was none of that, like you know, trying to keep it to yourself, and then oh fuck, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. two was, hours before the embargo. <laughs> yeah, and I think that was the case with everyone that Chris got on actually, because Cam was the same way. Cam will put his mm-hmm. hands up the minute if you couldn't yeah. do anything, he put his hands up. Well, the thing because I was I sat next to Cam well. and yeah. I was opposite you, right. And so as well, and, and Seb was around, and so I felt like I was in a safe enough environment that I could just say, hey, guys. Right, yeah. Stuck yeah, there was no ego that, there. Yeah. It was great. Like, yeah. yeah, I really liked that there. I learned a lot there. Yeah, I think another important thing that we talked about, too, on a previous episode was just don't, don't burn yourself out, especially, like, if you're trying to build up, like, a portfolio before you mm. apply or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't, like, don't don't kill you're yourself over making, it. making, like, one video every couple weeks that's solid and, like... Yeah, well thought out, and it doesn't have to be elaborate. It can just be like decently shot, the good sound, like you know the basics. It's like there, just do that frequently. And when someone on the video team looks at it and sees like this consistency and a baseline fundamental, they just see potential. Mm -hmm. That's the important thing. Like, is if you don't have the experience, give the person who's potentially going to hire you the opportunity to see that. If they invest in you, you will deliver something for them. Because mm. mm. that's what ultimately what people want, right? Like companies like ours, they're willing to find someone who doesn't have a lot of experience because they know they can sink time and money into creating you into something mm. cool and they w- it will benefit them. Um, so like showing that willingness to learn and passion and not burning out super quickly and then having like this massive gap. Uh, yeah. That happens a lot where people are like, I stopped writing. Yeah, and now totally. I'm interested yeah. in again. It's like, 
you had it you had it going but i need something recent yeah consistent like, yeah you want to read the next question tomorrow sure yeah you want to tell what question is it? i gotta I, like I'm, his I'm, more I'm, about, I'm also like on borrowed time here okay. at the moment okay okay FYI. sorry i this got one? an interview at four o'clock work never Ooh. stops uh why don't we just do yeah well, why don't we just do this one and then we'll call it at that. sorry mysterious okay. other emailer <laughs> Uh, hey all, been an avid listener since episode one. No, I did that one. Is that the one that you did? Yes. Oh, is it the Game of the Year one? Yeah. Oh, okay, we read this already? Okay. Next one down. Yeah. Just oh, listen okay. to your Game of the Year podcast, enjoy the discussion on Sekiro and its connection to Sengoku, Japan. This has always been one of my favorite pieces of history, but inspired by a different game, Kessen, for the PlayStation 2. Obviously, Koei provides yeah. a gateway into history in their games, from Three Kingdoms to Nobunaga's Ambition. But what are some other examples of games that have unlocked interest in the real world? Did you start reading about Defenstration of Prague after playing Kingdom Come Deliverance, or did Baba is You think to look for more logic puzzles? Oh, that's uh, a goodie. I played Sekiro, and now I'm a swordsman. P.S. There's more. <laughs> There's a on the other side. Oh, I don't think it's a question. It's just... Okay. P.S. Uh, James Clavel's book Shogun is set in the Sengoku era and would be adapted into an FX miniseries. Already won. It was already won in 1980. If you're interested in the period, it's also an interesting read. Nice. Thank you, Andrew Depew. I've had that with a lot of sports where like mm. I, I played Formula One games and got into Formula One or uh, hockey, like ice hockey and American football from like Madden and NHL. Mm. Um, stuff like that where it's literally teaching you gameplay mechanics which also are real world gameplay mechanics <laughs> yeah. it's a pretty easy one to, to translate over yeah uh mine is probably control i think a lot of people in this office too right. just did a lot because it plays with yeah. a lot of real world theories and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that and then i did a lot of research along with peter brown just trying to figure out what the heck some of the stuff they were talking about and then followed up like i know mike has been talking about house of leaves i think he talked about a lot on the oh, yes. giant beast cast mm -hmm. uh and i finally started reading that just because because of control and how control is based on it. I, I don't know. It's not necessarily like learning facts or, 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 or you know, like mm. new skills, but mm. I'd say that would be. SCP, mm. man. Yeah. Mm. It's good. Um, yeah, I can't think of much that sticks out for me. Like, I, I think delving. You already knew everything. I know everything. Yeah, that's <laughs> the thing. I think del delving deeper into like uh, Bloodborne made me more interested in Lovecraft. Mm. Which was Secret slightly tum tempered yeah. by the Full fact that he's yeah. like Tamora's a massive racist. Top ten wrong in HP Lovecraft. So I'm like, because I bought the Necronomicon, and then I was oh, like, what is this mate. guy like? And I read it, and I was like, no, oh no, oh. well, and I not uh, like not read the HP Lovecraft stuff, but I've been more mm. delving into stuff that was inspired by it, but isn't cosmic horror. Cosmic horror. Yeah. yeah. Basically, I've been playing Bloodborne on stuff. Right. Mm. Can't wait for yeah, Lovecraft Country Switch to come too. out. I heard, yeah. <laughs> Don't do this. Uh, for me, it's more uh, psychology of game design. Oh, cool! Yeah, and yeah, because I did a psychology degree yeah. that I mm. hated. Sorry, <laughs> University of Leeds, um, because it's not. It, what, they barely taught you anything that was applicable to like a real life example. And so when you you look at closer at game design and why designers do things and how it kind of messes with not messes with the psychology, but taps into the innate psychological processes that you right. have and how it, that relates mm. to real life. I find that very Class. interesting. I was late for my law exam because I was on the toilet playing Phoenix Wright once. Thematically <laughs> <laughs> oh accurate. Nice. <laughs> Objection. What time was it? Was it just your, I was, I was your schedule? Because like, I was, I got there too early because I'm, a, as Lucy can attest to, I'm like, whenever um, there's an appointment for me to go somewhere, <laughs> I overcompensate. So like, I'll turn up to the airport five hours early. So yeah, I and I had up. to share a cab, so I was at the airport <laughs> five hours <laughs> early. So I showed up to my exam 
two hours early. And I was like, what the hell am I going to do? I was like, well, I'll just, you know, get the most satisfying experience I can by playing Phoenix Wright while also On the taking toilet. a dump. <laughs> Nothing is more satisfying. Um, <laughs> and taking a and then like wow. got really like enveloped in a case. Um, and then like looked at my watch and I was like, oh man. <laughs> One of my and favorite then- Tamor stories for that stuff is uh he used to work in a in a store on one end of the central line and he lived like I don't know five stops from the end of the central line yeah, maybe yeah. it was and he fell yeah, asleep yeah. one time and you ended up in Essex and then you fell asleep on the way back and ended up back at back Shepherd's the, Bush yep, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> went just up and down like in one day. poor guy it's like two hours of your it was, day it was rough it was a rough time <laughs> anyway that's about as good as time as any to end this I'd say uh, Lucy James where can people find you on Twitter uh, at Lucy James Games Danny Plug Anything you want to plug? At, at Daniel Dwyer, hit no clip on your internet search machine and you might hit us. The Patreons. The Patreons. And the, the, the Hugo Martin interview podcast is... Yeah, that went up last week uh, and really we have uh, an interview. Thank you. And we did, we did we shot a very small interview with uh, Hugo about the demons that are in the new game, which will be up. Don't know. Depends on how fast I can edit it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Watch this space. Uh, I'm at Tomorrow H on Twitter. Buy it. All right. And you can find me at Jacob Deck. And once again, uh, email your questions to afterdarkpodcast at gamespot.com. Do it. And yeah, make sure to go to gamespot.com. Check us out. Bye. 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 Bye.